Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode 161 of the F Reality Podcast. It's time to squad up and drop into this week's top VR news. We're going to be talking about people receiving their Oculus Quest 2 headsets early. We give you our thoughts on VR Battle Royale game Population 1. Virtuix are coming back with a new VR omnidirectional treadmill. We'll be discussing the future of cinema in VR with our special guest, Darshan from Big Screen. And to round up the show, Rowdy has got loads of new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week this week. And also let us know what you've been up to in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. Uh, so first up to the plate, when this guy isn't in VR, he's got to go fast, zooming around the freeze land like a madman. Snaithy, how you doing, dude? You all right? Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm a happy man. I finally got my bike, my, uh, my Super 73 RX yep. and the... Uh, well, sadly, it has been raining for two days now. So um, <laughs> it's like every time there's like a little glimpse of like sunlight, I'm like, okay, this is it, this is it. And then I have like 10 minutes and I have to go back inside because I mean, you know, the like fall is pretty rough here in, in, in the Holland land. Um, it's it's like, um, you know, like these bikes are, are like made in California um, and then over here it's only raining, but it's a great bike, dude. Um, I do need to be careful because it goes extremely fast um, and I'm still waiting for my helmet to arrive. So I just don't want to do anything stupid. Just saying. How fast are we talking about? So it's uh, it's like uh, 50 uh, kilometers per hour. Uh, I don't know how much it is, in, uh, but uh, <laughs> it's actually going like one kilometer faster because I'm like weighing nothing. So yeah. I'm going above the speed limit of the actual specs for some reason. <laughs> so when I when I go like the fast, I need to hold on to the handlebars, and the rest of me flies behind the, <laughs> behind yeah. the bike. And for those of you that are interested, it's the Super Seventy Three RX, yeah, right? The RX. It's the latest, the latest model. Yeah, it's yeah. A pretty sick bike. It goes fifty. Is that yeah. even legal? No, like. <laughs> No, that is not legal. So there is the there are like different modes for it. So if you um, put it on like the uh, illegal mode, it's like private property mode. Um, yeah, ludicrous mode. Ludicrous, <laughs> yeah, ludicrous mode. You could call it like that. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you just put it on one of the uh, like you have an app, and if the police let's say wants to see how fast it goes, you just put it back to like twenty five, uh, and then then it's fine. Then you're not gonna hear anyone about it. But yeah, you could just drive behind cars in in the suburban and just uh, you know keep just, up with them yeah it's no nice. problem while biking just yeah. being a cyclist johnny wells in the chat says um i should jump in the front and you could carry me like et <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's, i i would love to do that i would yeah. love to do that we should make uh, that happen sometime you you would like mike you would also make a great et just saying i think so yeah if i had a little blanket over my head you wouldn't be able to tell the difference i don't think ET you know? ET Skype phone home. That's our Halloween uh, setup <laughs> right there. We could go trick or treating, and then you. We you could. Know, we get so many candy. sweets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, apart from your bike, have you been uh, up to much in VR this week? Uh, no, not so much. Not so much. Um, I um, I did did of course play some Population One, something we're gonna talk about later. Um, yep. But besides that, no, because the weird thing is, like, we have been uh, having the quest for so long that mm. I already got the most out of it by now. You know, I already played everything, I did everything. So uh, I'm just waiting for like the new stuff to arrive, you know, yeah. the new content and the, the new games. Uh, I already, yeah. Because right now, if you look at the library of what got announced, I mean, yes, there is some new stuff, but overall it's still the old like uh, catalog. Um, so I, I want to have some new stuff, some innovation, some you know, refreshing content. Uh, yeah. Well. 
Rowdy will be giving us plenty of those uh, to look forward to uh, at the end of the show, so make sure you stay tuned for yeah. that. Um, but let's uh, pass it over then. Next, this guy's uh, GoFundMe campaign for his new processor hasn't gone very well, <laughs> unfortunately. So uh, now he's going to be starting an OnlyFans account. So if you want to see those those sexy ones, you know who to subscribe to. Uh, it's the one and only Rowdy VR. How you doing, dude? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I got a, a bunch of pictures lined up. Uh, you yeah. know, like if you if if you want to see me in a way you've never thought you'd see me before, or maybe yeah. you did, then uh, be sure to check that one out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like an Oculus Touch controller, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. covering his Very modesty. Naked. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> nice. But you're okay. You uh, got any VR highlights I'm, this week? I'm I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, I've actually I've uh, I've played some VR on the Quest Two this week as well. I've played some more Solaris, uh, but we mm. talked about that already a, a couple of times. Um, yeah. So I'm not gonna uh, discuss that any further. Also, I managed to try out uh, the uh, the Pro Tube for the first time with the mm. with the Quest Two uh, with the Quest Two controllers. I, they're a little bit bigger the Quest Two controllers, so the cups are a little bit different. But yeah, it's I mean it's still uh, one of my favorite like extensions of the virtual reality uh, uh of my virtual reality headset so i really love playing around with that and onward and uh i've also played a 2d game today and i was again like you know every time i play a 2d game or like a regular desktop game uh, i, I kind of like like vr has spoiled spoiled it a little bit for me mm-hmm. um since i immediately wonder like you know oh this would be so awesome if it wasn't virtual reality and the game i played uh, is the one that is free on the epic game store uh since this week it's called uh, rising storm 2 uh, oh. which is uh, set in like the Vietnam War. It's a, it's mm. a really, really good uh, and solid title. And um, it's it's basically 30 v 30 or 32 v 32 uh, multiplayer. So it's a little <laughs> bit in the line of like what Population 1 is doing. Mm-hmm. But it's... Um, I, well, it's it's very immersive, which is weird for a desktop game. It's like it's very realistic in a way, um, and it's a lot of fun to be playing it. Uh, so, if if nice. you if you want to see a game that you say like, oh, you know, I really want to try this in virtual reality, but you mm-hmm. can't, then check out that game. <laughs> nice, and it's free on the Epic Store right now. This week, yes. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Actually, for a pancake game, I've been playing a really good one as well. So, if you're like, you know, you want to you know, waste some time before your quest two arrives and you're looking for a good pancake game to play. Hades is a really solid one. It's on Steam oh, and it's nice. on uh, Switch. I'm playing it on at the moment. You've got to basically escape hell and it's a roguelite. Um, so if you mm. like games like uh, Enter the Gungeon or, um, you know, what was the other one? Dead Cells, then you'll love ah. this one as well. It's really good. Voice wouldn't, acting is incredible. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could have Among Us in VR? Isn't uh, Among we, Us basically Trouble in Terrorist Town Gmoth? You can you can play it in Rec Room. There is a, a way to play it in Rec Room, and I'm oh, sure someone's room. probably going to make it uh, in VR chat soon enough as well. So if you're okay. interested, that's the way to do it. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'd I'd be down for that. If you guys want to set it up, I'd be up for that for sure. Um, but yeah, nice uh, nice suggestion there, Rowdy. Um, and now our special guest this week, an OG in the VR space, creator of Big Screen, and all round nice guy, is Darshan. Welcome to the show. How you doing, dude? You're right. Good, good. I'm actually Zim. I just. Uh... <laughs> new haircut oh, today. Oh, I was admiring your look. You know, it's a strong look. Yeah, yeah, just trying, trying to. Get <laughs> you what to say, mate? <laughs> Still working on the beard, though. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there, man. <laughs> You're taking that Mike fanboyism a bit too far. I have to say. Yeah. No, not it far is, enough. Not far enough. It, it's solid, though. You know, you you want to get into VR. You don't have to. You don't mess up your hair anymore. You know, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah. You've been up to much? You've been you've been playing anything interesting recently? Anything in VR that you want to share that you think is exciting? Actually, uh, 
Among Us as well. Uh, I've, I've been having dreams about Among Us when I sleep now, and uh, it's it's getting to me. It's getting to me. My my entire YouTube search history, like the recommendations and all that, are just Among Us like playthroughs. It's kind. Of it's amazing how how that game blew up out of nothing. You know, it was out for almost a year. No one cared. Then people oh, started really? Twitch streaming it, and then oh. it just blew up, and now it's like one of the most popular games on Steam. That must be they so incredible for the, the developers. Sequel, right? Yeah. They canceled yeah, they the did. sequel in order to work more on this one. Yeah. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Must be a crazy thing. It's the only th only time that a you know the cancellation of a sequel is a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I think they had sixty million or eighty million people playing it a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. Wow. I think I think. Wow, that is like nuts. I, I guess like the pandemic and just people being at home wanting that sort of like, you know, social interaction and this game being so cheap was just the, the killer combo that just made it explode. Um, it's and amazing. it's available on iOS and stuff too, right? So it's not just PC. So friends can jump in really easily and it's cross-platform. Right, that makes a lot of sense now. I didn't realize it was on iOS as well. Okay, okay. Maybe yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. people on iOS. I think it was like 120 million Fortnite users on iOS. I guess Got they all just went over to... <laughs> yeah, of course. That, so it could be like a combination of things that just made this game completely explode. That's a really good point. I totally forgot about the whole I, uh, iOS uh, Fortnite lockout business. That's still ongoing at the moment as well, right? I think so. It's like in court and, and documents are starting to come out now and, and data about exactly how things are going down. Crazy. Who would have thought, you know, uh, app stores monopolizing on things? But maybe we're going to talk more about that later on. <laughs> <laughs> um, sadly, uh, Zim can't be joining us this week, uh, but he's going to be back uh, with us on the show next week. So if you miss his little face, don't worry. He will be back on the show next week. Uh, if you don't know who, know who I am, my name is Mike, host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. But before we get into what I played this week, maybe we should find out what the chat have been up to. That is a very good one. <laughs> 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 so should I go for it then? Yeah, sure, Rowdy, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. all right, go on, all right. Go on, Rowdy. I saw like, uh, uh, well, people were first of all, people were a bit complaining about that we were talking about pancake games. So oh. maybe, maybe <laughs> okay. we should stop doing that. Sorry. So I saw that Dave DeSyco said that he loves super giant game uh, lineups, that he loves uh, Transistor. It's one of his favorite games ever, but I'm guessing that that is also a pancake Transistor. game. Transistor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, made, exactly. And then, and then you know what happened? You know what happened? No. People started talking about Cyberpunk. So oh it's not only us talking about pancake games. The chat is just as guilty as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I saw Max Fernandez. He played Population 1, of course. Um, Pyro 62 uh, played Dash Dash World. I have never heard of that one. Uh, and then I saw uh, the geek saying Breath of the Wild, Black Mesa, Solaris, Asgard's Wrath. So that, that's pretty much um, the entire lineup. Wow. <laughs> and then a virtual, virtual VR set uh, playing Squadrons. And I saw a couple mm. of more people mentioning Squadrons as well, yep. such as Sparhawk and Zeus Mal 5. Have, have any of you played any more Star Wars Squadrons I, uh, I, apart I'm, from the original so like, initial I, release? The last few days I've been just like not playing any VR just because I just wanted to like just reset my mind because I've been oh. so like embedded in it the last four <laughs> weeks and um, that's why i was playing hades but i like star wars squadrons is the number one game that i'm looking forward to jumping back in and finishing the single player story campaign yeah um we all actually met up and played on sunday last week was it yeah, after the did. show um and we played with like pd and loads of other vr content creators uh, yeah. and that was like so much fun like when we actually got yeah, teamed up I, with I a watched... team 
and that was like on our level. Of that, and yeah. it, it was it was brilliant. There was like of the of the two hours that he streamed, he spent about one hour and thirty five minutes <laughs> trying to connect <laughs> in the menu. The, the best yeah, <laughs> in did. the menu. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened with his lot, but we had a separate group, and we were able to get it yeah. co- coordinated and jump straight into a game within like five ten minutes. Or, or we were just were, better at troubleshooting. Maybe, maybe. Uh. But like when we got when we got teamed up with a team that was like our level, like noobs, then nice. then we were like dominating. But we were mainly matched against teams that were way better than us, and we yeah. were getting completely destroyed. So it wasn't it wasn't. I saw something popping up on the internet saying that fifteen percent of the people who play this game are uh, playing it in playing VR. Playing in VR, yeah, that, that's, that's an incredible number, right? Because how many people are have played this game so far? Like a couple of million. I guess so. I mean, I it's EA, so, so I mean, yeah. we're talking millions. Yeah, but I get, you know, really, I think VR is the way to play this game. You know, um, I couldn't. Get, well, I've I've watched like regular streams of it on playing people playing it just on the on the desktop version, but mm-hmm. it feels so much more confined because you know those ships have such yeah. a, a limited viewpoint. Uh, yeah. Uh, some of them don't, but a lot of them do with like the cockpit, like it's a very limited kind of window. Yeah. But when you're in VR, you know, you can look around and you get that more that sense of environment, a sense of presence that I think is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people just don't know any better. So uh, before this mm-hmm. is going to change, you know, people should have at least tried it. I think if, if of course, you know, the pandemic wasn't a thing and uh, EA was at Gamescom and E3 and all those uh, big conferences and events, etc. And they would have let people try it and it would have spread more. But now the press had to figure it out by themselves. And I think most people uh, just decide to play it on a pancake screen. Well, yeah. we, for example, we played it in VR. We're like, listen, try this out. This is like freaking epic. Yeah. It reminds me of Eve Valkyrie uh, from four years ago, right? Like how far have we come since then? In four years, we've gone from a fairly small, like limited budget title with a you know big franchise behind it, but it didn't have the scope and the breadth of, of what we have now in just four years. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars—you can't get any bigger than that, really. It's it's, you know? it's it's a mighty EA considering VR now for the first time ever. So. Yeah. No, I welcome it. Yeah. I thought it was great. You know, I think a few people had technical issues, but hopefully they're going to be yeah. ironed out over the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, Watto UK said he completed the single story campaign. I think he said he took him eight to nine hours, which, you know, is, is great for a that's game solid. that's really yeah. predominantly built around multiplayer. So yeah, yeah solid, uh, solid recommendation there. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying in the chat, by the way, though, that it was 15% that played it in VR. Is that, is that correct, that number? Do we know that? Yeah, that's that, what that sounds like said. a huge that's, number. Everything on the internet is true, right? So Okay. I remember like, reading that somewhere. I, I saw like 50%. I don't know, like I, I didn't dive into like where it came from, but I'm like, if it's, it's like 50%, it's good. 90% of all statistics on the internet are false. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, I remember seeing it as well, so I'm going to back Nathie on this one. I don't know where I read it, but I saw that number too, so. I also oh, saw it on Twitter, so. I, there you go. Yeah, I also oh. I also just saw it on the internet. Then, then it must be true. Yeah, then it, it must be times. true. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the fellowship <laughs> confirms the fifteen percent is true. <laughs> um, so the thing uh, I want to highlight this week uh, is something that we mentioned on releases last week, and that was uh, micro monsters. So I don't know if any of you guys had the time to check this out. No, um, no. But basically, it's like um, a five-part mini-series uh, filmed in VR 180, uh, presented by the legendary uh, David Attenborough. Um, each episode is maybe like five to six minutes long, um, and they're all available on Oculus TV on Quest. So you just go in there, and it, it will probably come up as the, the the thing recommended straight away for you, as it's the latest thing on there. Mm. Um, but yeah, each episode features like different 
bugs or creepy crawlies. You've got like scorpions, ants, butterflies, beetles, and of course my favorite, big hairy spiders. Um, and the way they filmed it is like so amazing. Like any of these David Attenborough programs, the way they film it, I always think is like a real technical feat because somehow they managed to get like VR stereoscopic 3D VR cameras up so close to these little beasts um, that you feel like you're right up next to them and it's horrible and terrifying and fascinating all at the same time and and by the end of the five episodes i was just itching all over oh really (laughs) you know like when you're seeing like these swarms of ants and they're like building stuff which is amazing but there's just so many of them you couldn't comprehend how many there are and you just you just start to feel a bit itchy like that's so i would say like it's amazing but if you don't like creepy crawlies or big hairy spiders, then maybe be a bit uh, careful with it. Did you consider playing this with like your bee haptic suit? Oh God, you could just imagine them like, can you imagine if they did it with like the ants like crawling all over you? Oh, that would be uh, amazing. And then some smell, um, like you smell like the, the mud and the grass. You're yeah, like, oh, like the rainforest. I'm, I'm here, like, it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids put in VR. Yeah, You know, I found amazing. several ants in my quest last week. Oh my god, can you imagine, dude? Oh, well, that would, that's, that that's would make cool. me go that's nuts. That's taking immersion a bit too far, Doshan. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like just walking over your far. eye and you're like... Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's so real, like... <laughs> that's so horrible. Um, but it's amazing to think that David Attenborough, like, he's he's 94 years old now. He is, not, like, Not even 94. 84. Not even 84. <laughs> no. But, like, it's amazing that he's still going, like, hats off to the guy. Like, I, I feel like I want to sleep for a week now. Can't even imagine what he feels like, but... Um, hmm. If you're also interested, by the way, after watching this like mini series and you want more David Attenborough, there's a new series uh, or a new one-off documentary, I, I should say, on Netflix right now called A Life on Our Planet. Also really worth a watch. Um, but yeah, you can go and check out these five episodes called Micro Monsters uh, VR 180 3D Stereoscopic on uh, Oculus TV on Quest hmm. and just check out the series for free. So do you think... Um, uh this this uh, experience has a, a fair chance on the store in terms of visibility because I usually find these things great, but no one sees them because they're like hidden away. I think because it's like um, the latest thing on there and it's such high production values. Um, Oculus have pushed and it's it to relevant news. It's relevant. Yeah, so I think as soon as you open Oculus TV now, this is the, kind of the first thing you see. So, um, But it's like, I w- I'm talking about like something that lurks you to Oculus TV. So where it's like, oh, there's a banner. Oh, you can watch this now on Oculus TV. But usually, if you yeah, never go into Oculus TV, you, you don't even know that all these gems are in there. Like they should have made an app out of this one, like tested it in a way, you know? Yeah, maybe. Where that wouldn't have been a bad shout. Yeah, that wouldn't have been a bad Because Oculus TV show. is like, like uh, you know, diving even deeper down the rabbit hole. Uh, so. Yeah. But yeah, you know, if, if you can find it, I definitely recommend well, checking it out. Now we know. Now we yeah. know. You're, you're like the banner, the living banner of Oculus. Exactly, yeah. I look forward to my paycheck in the post. Nice. Um, so that's uh, my uh, sort of highlight of the week uh, this week. I played a bunch of other stuff as well with these guys, but we'll get into Population 1 uh, very shortly. Uh, but the first bit of news I want to highlight is that um, obviously the Oculus Quest 2 will be shipping out to customers next week on the 13th of October. People are getting super, super hyped for it. You know, the discords are going crazy. The reddits are going crazy. People are very excited, which is great to see. Um, and a lot of you out there who were very early with their pre-orders um, will hopefully be getting them on Tuesday or maybe Wednesday next week, which is great. Um, pre-orders now, if you want to get one now, they're sort of pushed back a little bit. So you're talking about maybe an extra two to three weeks waiting time now. Um, but hopefully Oculus can start fulfilling those orders and get them out uh, sooner to people. Um, but some people, lucky people out there, have been receiving them early and posting pictures on Reddit. Mm-hmm. But sadly, they've been asking questions about how to get them up and running. 
uh, because they can't. The, the the headset is stuck in like an update loop. Uh, they don't have access to the, the new latest update or the working app. Um, and it's basically because it hasn't gone live yet. And this is the same problem we had when the original Quest launched. People got them early. Mm. Same deal happened again. They couldn't yeah. use them until the update went live. So sadly, you won't be able to use it until the 13th. Uh, that's just uh, when the, uh, the update's going to go live. So just please, I wouldn't pay over the odds to get one early. You know, if no. someone's offering one early, you well, know, or you're basically going to be sitting on a paperweight until the 13th. So if you can wait until the 13th and walk into a Best Buy and buy one, then that's going to be better off rather but, than paying double but, to get one early. But what if I give you like, you know, behind your back right now, I give you five bucks and like, can I use your account for a moment? Or, uh, just, uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no. That's not going to no. work. Maybe, how much? Maybe, how much? How much do you want? Maybe, pe maybe people can come to you. Are you offering that <laughs> to <service>? my house? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine people lining up at my house to try yeah. it for a moment. Just log in with your account. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I think, you know, I think it's great. You know, we don't have that much longer to wait now, a few more days to wait. But I think I'm really excited for the general public to get their hands on this headset yeah. and, and check it out for themselves and, and, and looking forward to seeing what they think about it. Because obviously, you know, some of us have been really lucky to have them early. You know, we've had them like for about a month now, yeah. uh, which has been great. But it's really the public. I, I'm interested to see their reactions and how, how they think it is uh, compared to the original Quest and other headsets on the market. Imagine how much your smoke comes out of that factory right now. Oh, I bet they're absolutely flying right now. Yeah, because, uh, you know, from what we understand is that, you know, the uh, initial interest uh, in the headset has exceeded Oculus's initial expectations already. So, um, you know, I think that's a pretty good sign. Uh, but what about you, Darshan? Have you uh, have you been, um, you know, excited for the Quest 2? Have you been using it? What do you think of it so far? Uh, I mean, it's an incredible headset, but I don't, I don't have one. So you don't have one? No, it's it's a little unusual. Uh, as one of the top VR apps on the Quest, uh, we are being held back, uh, yeah. much like uh, Gi and Virtual Desktop. People, yeah. Uh, yeah. certain developers do not get access to to uh, hardware anymore. That's so strange. It's so strange. And you're right, you know, to mention that, that Guy um, Godin, you know, creator of Virtual Desktop on the show on the show previously, uh, he also said that, you know, he didn't get one um, early uh, to start, you know, making sure that Virtual Desktop works with Quest 2, although, you know, he's already got an update ready uh, in the background uh, and it's ready to drop. Um, are you guys in the same position or, you know, you don't have any information about, like, how to, to, to get big screen optimized for Quest 2 or? One of the good things is that big screen already runs on the Quest. So yeah. for Quest 2, there's basically no work we have to do. And a bunch of the folks at Oculus have already tested it super well and said like it runs great, uh, looks great. And, and uh, plenty of folks have already reviewed big screen on the Quest 2 and said, works fantastic, uh, it's awesome. So fortunately, there's not much we actually have to do, uh, but we what we'd love to do is to bring some of the really high quality assets that we have on the PC version of big screen and start bringing them yeah. down to Quest 2. Um, and, and one of the big updates we have planned uh, that unfortunately won't be ready for, for Monday's big Quest 2 launch, but it'll be ready later uh, this, this fall, uh, is to dramatically increase the size of the rooms, allow Quest users to host rooms, uh, allow an enormous amount of content to be brought in from Quest users, so people will be able to open up their phone, open up a YouTube video in VR for everyone to watch. All of these things are going to be possible uh, thanks to a lot of the improvements that Quest 1 and Quest 2 have, have received over the, the past year. Uh, but yeah, we can't we can't do anything right now until we actually get devices in our hands. Uh, yeah, just, like you say, for one of like the most popular apps on the store, it doesn't make any sense. Um, it's politics, right? Like yeah, 
they're they're not happy when uh, developers talk publicly about issues of the platform. And yeah, I've been a bad boy. So, but but you know, and, and I I understand their position, but I think it's also important for people to know, you know, that this is what's happening. Um, and and it, it's one of those things that I'm sure it happens in every industry. It, to a certain degree, but I think for any change to happen, people need to be aware of it, right? Otherwise, it's never gonna, never gonna change. And the thing is, like, certainly for you, and we're gonna be talking about this more later on, is that, you know, for you to run a business going forward, you can't have things go this way. Um, and we're gonna get more into that later on if you're interested to learn more about that. That being said, though, the Quest Two is freaking incredible. Like, oh my goodness, yeah. this is one of the, this is by far the best headset on the market right now, at least in terms of like the capabilities and the price point. Like the yeah, fact yeah. that it's one of the best PC VR headsets now too, and it's yeah, only two ninety nine, yeah. and it's the yeah, best standalone yeah. headset, and the controllers are freaking great. Like it's a yeah, fantastic yeah. package. So any of my criticisms of this is more about the you know uh, developer related internal politics, yeah, yeah, and the yeah, politics yeah, and the competition and the you know their their ethics and principles. But from like a technical perspective, from like a product perspective, I freaking love it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, think I think we all people, share that opinion. We all share that yeah. opinion, yeah. You know, and I think, you know, it's just, it's good, I think, to talk about this kind of stuff so people are aware of it. I think that's the main thing, so people understand what's going on. Um, but again, we're going to be talking more about that later on. But um, that is um, the Quest 2. Don't pay over the odds for one yet. Just be patient. Wait till you get one in the post or pop into your local Best Buys and hopefully get one on release day. And uh, you can let us know next week how you feel about it. We'd love to know your thoughts about it in the chat, so uh, let us know. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is Population One. As some of us, uh, like Nathie said, have been taking part in the beta playtests. Uh, for the last couple of months now, they've been running them behind the scenes. You could apply to be a beta tester, uh, join their Discord server and give them some sort of feedback on the experience. Uh, but we were finally able to jump in and also share video content around uh, the game, which was previously mm -hmm. uh, we were unable to do. They sort of kind of dropped the embargo for video. Um, so we made a video with uh, Gamertag VR uh, and Nathie and I jumped in together. Our plan was to win some chicken dinners and bring it home and show us how, show you all how epic we were at these games, but sadly that, that didn't materialize. Wow. Um, dude, dude do you guys... remember, dude, like, do you remember when this game came out, by the way? Like, yeah. like when they uh, announced it, I mean, it was like oh, yeah, around was... like Gamescom. Two years ago. Two years ago when you also showed up on the TV or something for some. Uh, Nvidia, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I remember. Uh, that, you, you gotta watch that back, like Mike was so hyped. It's amazing. I was hyped. Uh, yeah. But they had like new graphics cards. Uh, were those the, was it the 1080? 1080? No, that was the 20, 2080 Ti. Oh, 2080 Ti. Yeah. And yeah. that's where it got announced. I never thought it would like come out two years later. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember be being pretty skeptical of it just from like the number of players, the draw distances, like yeah. the maps look legit. And I was like, is this like filmed on a PC and we're like, yeah, it'll run on Quest, but like there's, it's, it's 2v2 or something, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why it was pushed back so long was so they could get a quest build up and running because they knew how important quest was and and thankfully you know like the game works very well on quest you know um you know 18 yeah. players uh you know was it uh, six squads of three yeah. uh playing all together in a map draw distances are pretty good um so it's amazing what they were able to pull off with the game but i think that was why it was delayed so long but i think plus you know it was smart to delay it for that Plus reason. The, 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 like, even delaying it, like, usually delaying sounds like a negative thing and it's kind of bringing your own, you know, product in danger. But in this case, like, the overall multiplayer uh, genre on the Quest is, like, almost non-existent. Like, mm. the lack of online games is is, is, is is just insane, even after Population 1 coming out. 
Uh, and uh, because of that, like they could just launch it whenever uh, because there is no Battle Royale game on Quest, first of all. And there's also no uh, like real arcade shooter like this one on the store. So they, they don't compete with anyone. Uh, plus, I mean, Oculus needs to approve stuff. Maybe some other people also tried to get a Battle Royale game on there, but uh, they were able to kind of pitch the idea. Um, but also, so. like... If you think about it, even in terms of PC VR, the Battle Royale games that were like quite popular maybe a year or two ago are kind of dead now. You know, Bullets and More. Yeah, but that kind who, of game who says died. this one is gonna is not gonna be dead? Uh. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Although I, I've got I've got confidence in this one because I, you know personally speaking, I think the game is fun. I do think there's things that need to be changed, and maybe we can dive into that a little bit. I, th- I think the, I um, think it's the player base that will keep this game alive because Quest is going to sell so well. Um, yeah, and I also think... the fact that it's cross-play helps them a lot, um, you know, yeah. between PC and Quest and, and potentially other platforms in the future. You know, yeah. I know they want to bring it to PSVR as well. Yeah. Um, that will help them out immensely. And, and also because it's only 18 players, it's a lot yeah. smaller, obviously, than yeah. like Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is an, another thing that came out this week, obviously talking about microtransactions. But let's get, get into the game mechanics first. Maybe you can talk about, you know, you, your thoughts on the game, Nathie. Like, how did you find it? Do you think it was a fun game or... You know, what are the things that you'd like to see changed in the future? Yeah, so I th- th- like this game as a Battle Royale title is 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 fun and easy to get into. It's not mm. hard to learn or to master. Uh, it's it's not uh, like, uh, you know, Onward meets uh, a Pavlov uh, Battle Royale style. No, this is like, you know, dumped down in a way where everyone can uh, jump into it. And I don't really mind that. I think it's welcome. I think there needs to be a game like this on the Quest Store that kind of brings people together uh, who are, well, very good at gaming or who aren't, you know, and can just, you know, have a great time together. Um, the only thing that I thought was a bit too arcadey is that the grenade, you don't throw to your grenade, you just shoot it away. I'm like, come on, you can at least throw it. But I, I get kind of where they came from with that. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, like if they can if they can show us a roadmap because that's the thing. Like they they have this now, but it's like where's the rest? Like what are you gonna do? What is your plan with this game? Um, because I don't care about cosmetics. Like cosmetics are not gonna bring me back. Um, it's definitely new maps, new guns, new challenges. Like Fortnite did, you know. Fortnite has reinvented themselves so many times. It's yes. crazy, um, and I think that's something they they need to show. Uh, do they want me to come coming back into this? Because I don't, I don't feel like it's getting repetitive, this game, because you constantly want to win, and winning is rare in a way. Um, but I do think after a while you're like, okay, aren't there more guns? Because weapons-wise, there isn't that much. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's acceptable for a launch, but overall, um, yeah, there could have been some more in there, you know, in terms of like some weapons or some things that, as I said, like I'm not, I'm not playing it for the unlocks, uh, at least. It's definitely for the social fun with others. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I echo pretty much what you're saying. You know, there's some mechanics in the game that are really fun. You know, like peeling bananas is like hilarious. Yeah. You know, you have to peel each part of it and then eat it. And then, yeah. you know, popping cans open and drinking it is great. Like you say, th- throwing grenades is just tied to like a trigger pull and just yeah, yeah. fires like a <laughs> grenade launcher. Yeah. Um, and also like the reloading, you know, new mags just hover hover yeah, exactly. beneath the gun and you just kind of just have to slide it in and cock the rack. Um but, you know, it, it could be more. I think, you know, for me, if it was a bit more involved, like Onward, where you could grab a mag from a pouch and then, you know, if your buddy was low on magazines, you could throw them a magazine that could catch it and then they could reload. It would yeah, create yeah, yeah. these, like, really epic 
in-game I, moments. I don't think uh, I don't think Big Box wants to create a game like that. If you look at their previous game, you know, Smashbox Arena yeah. was also like the same style. So I don't think they are gonna do it. Um, that's why this one is also unique because, as you mentioned, there were some on PC, and those were all, uh, as far as I know, uh, as you said, like you know, more simulate sim- simulation wise. Mm. Uh, so. This one being new and that... Like, I, I don't think you could have two Battle Royale games on the Quest Store. One being arcade and one being more simulation. I don't think that's 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 possible right no. now. But I agree. Like, there can there is not that much of a challenge. When you meet people, you shoot, like, your, your, your ammunition and you quickly reload it. And you don't really have to worry about it. But it would be nice to getting some more space to also fail. Uh, and be like, oh, I need to learn how to reload this. Yeah, exactly. I think so. But like you say, it's kind of more aimed at the kind of new yeah. uh, sort of player base yeah. uh, in VR. Um, but like some people have also mentioned about like sniper rifles being a bit dumbed down. I know Viper wasn't a big fan of the sniper rifles. Um, but I think, you know, other mechanics like the defibrillator, that works quite well. Although players walking around freely in a map once they're dead, I'm not quite sure that particularly works. I think they should be stuck in one place if they're down. Mm. And then it makes it a bit more difficult to res yeah. your whole team back up again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I think, you know, the game are going to come out. They're going to get a lot of feedback and hopefully they'll tweak and evolve the game over time and it will change into something else yeah, uh, I, I, eventually. But, but even 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 based on the hype, based on what, what, what you see, because everything is super positive, um, mm-hmm. is that I would still wait and well, pretty much demand a roadmap. Because I feel like what they delivered here, content-wise, is kind of—it's not bare bones. It's—it's it's like slightly above that. But I'm like, like you, like you can't just be like, oh, so here's a game, it's better real, and then you can get away with it. I feel like you really need to know what else there is in the pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. Because if they if if they fail to innovate, this game gets boring very quickly. Yeah. So no, yeah, I, like, I think. Uh, I think I mean I haven't played the game myself because I don't have access yet. But uh, I, I'm I'm completely in the opposite spectrum uh, on this with you guys. I, from what I've seen so far, I'm actually fairly disappointed uh, in the game. Um, I, I just think for a virtual reality game, there needs to be a certain level of immersion. And I think that you know the comparison with Onward doesn't really it's not really valid because this is not an Onward title and I think there's a lot of gradations in between Onwards and being a full-on arcade shooter and I just there's a lot of things in the game that I that I feel like that are not properly implemented like for example the the single holder double armed rifles uh, okay maybe I'm, I'm more of a of a milsim kind of shooter but I mean, what is the point of having a virtual reality game and having two-handed weapons if you can easily shoot them with one hand? There's no penalty. There's no feeling of weight. The 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 hands just open and close. Like for me, when you say a virtual reality game, I want something that has at least some certain level of immersion. And from what I've seen in the videos, again, I haven't tried it myself, so I can't I can't really you know say how it is. I'm sure that it's fun to play it, but. It, it kind of for me it feels like a little bit like it's a desktop game that got ported to virtual reality um, rather than the other way around that it's like build up from the ground from VR because my expectations for this were just way way higher mm. um, I, I, I don't really feel like this is the title that I was promised in the beginning and I'm not really pleased with the end result of it and there are cool mechanics yeah like the like the defibrillator I think that is cool and 
Although the banana is a little bit like, like I find it a little bit like cheesy to put that in, but I mean, it is, it is at least something different. There's some level of immersion there, but I think the climbing mechanic is also very disappointing. Uh, I, I don't know how the flying is, but I hope that it gives you at least like some sense of vertigo and speed when you do it. I don't really know because I've only seen it on a screen, um, but yeah, I don't know. And, and a lot of the mechanics have been, have been dumbed down to such an extent that yes, it's, it's very easy to get into, but a part of virtual reality is, is that, you know, you need to do these kind of things. You know, the first time that I played a shooter in VR, you know, you had to pick up a weapon physically and you had to put a magazine in there and then aim it, aim it and shoot it. That, that's what made that unique. Mm. And I get it that it's, it's easy to get into, but you don't have to make another onwards, but at least like give like some kind of, you know, feedback that you, what you're doing is something that is, that is, that is nice. And of course, like, and that, that is something personal. That is something that, that other people are probably like. I'm not a big fan of like the hit points and the, the, the floating ammo counters and that, but okay, th that's a design choice. And I get that that is something in there. And like, I play arcade shooters as well. And I, I love them as well. But at the same time, I, I had the feeling that there was so much more potential in this title than that was actually being delivered now. To me, it sounds like you're just not the target audience they want to go for. Mm. Yeah, and, and just, to, just to reiterate, you know, we're not comparing it to Onward. We just would like some of those Onward mechanics in there to make yeah. it a little bit more realistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but then you often, because like the community behind this is fairly strong and uh, they'll probably blast me for saying this, but uh, the, the thing is, like you don't need to do all of the Onward mechanics. It doesn't need to be a milsim. But some of the mechanics that, you know, add immersion to the game would be nice, you know, would yeah. be nice to have in a, in a VR game. Uh, like even like the, the, I don't know, but have you guys tested that? If you can move like different fingers on the hand or something like that? Or is it literally like just open and close? Because I saw some people like shooting a two-handed weapon and it wasn't even like really gripping on the front end. And I was mm. like, mm. is this not, is this not working as well? Also, you can't drop a weapon anymore. It's just bolted to your hand. So you, yeah, know, you're you right. can fling yeah. it around like that. Yeah. Those kind of things, like I get it. It's it's easier to get into because you can't drop your weapon. Um, but isn't that like a part of the virtual reality experience that you should be able to drop something right. that you hold in your hands? Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, just, I don't know. just saying like in Half-Life Alex, your uh, guns are also stuck to your hands and it's one of the most amazing yeah, games yeah. ever. So yeah. like, I, I don't know, like to me, it but, sounds like it's, but it's, 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 it's like, like that's the thing that's that's one yep. thing but this is a combination of things you have the bolting of the weapon yeah, to like, the hand you yeah, have the throwing rowdy, of like, the grenades like, you have the, the climbing mechanic this is if this was just one thing i'd be saying yeah okay but like every single vr mechanic in this game has been dumbed down to a level that it's mm -hmm. like not really a vr game anymore to but, me but even even if you think this i would still try it because for yeah. me it was more about you know having fun with my friends and the yeah. mechanics weren't a deal breaker even that i played onward 2 and pavlov and the other titles i thought that this was this game was unique in its own and i i get the purpose why big box is making it this way and why they mm. want to sell it to you know uh to a certain yeah. audience i think the new quest audience is gonna love this stuff they have yeah, no I background agree. in in love or onward I, and, yeah. and I, I think it's only like us like vr veterans that will ever complain about this kind of mm -hmm. stuff i think the the people that are new to vr are just gonna love this to bits um but maybe we should move on to the, the microtransactions because yeah, uh, we found uh... out that this week <laughs> that the game will feature microtransactions uh, and this is a thing that was never really mentioned in any press reviews no. or any content creators reviews either because it was never mentioned to anyone 
uh, prior to it being disclosed on Reddit, which is kind of interesting. So they kind of held this back. Mm. Um, and basically, we found out that the game is going to feature microtransactions. It's not going to be pay to win, which is obviously no. good to know. Um, but it is for cosmetic items like weapon skins, character skins, stuff like that, yeah. which yeah, yeah, yeah. don't necessarily have a problem with. But it's normally that games that implement those sort of microtransactions are free to play, and then they make their revenue from the cosmetics, yeah. like and Fortnite does, for example. Yeah, and that's why I said, that's why I want to see a roadmap, because if they get mm. too comfy with m- making money of the cosmetics, then they tend to not make that many updates towards actual playable things. So, like, I, I want to, like, I kind of want to, by their roadmap, you can see what their business model is. And now, because of the microtransactions, I don't know where they want to go with this anymore. Yeah, so basically the game's going to be $30 to buy outright. Um, mm. It is cross-play, obviously, across all platforms. It's not cross-buy, though, so just be aware of that. Um, but yeah, they've then got this like uh, microtransaction model on top of that. Obviously, you don't have to buy some no. of these skins, but we don't know what the progression is to unlock them naturally. And I think you made a good uh, comparison, Nathie, to like, was it Darth Vader in Battlefront yeah. 2 or something like that? You could buy him as a, as a, you know, as a DLC microtransaction, or you could unlock him by natural progression in the game, but it would take you like what, like ten yeah, months of, I don't know, of like play. People, people like checked like how many many hours you had to play, and it was like above like even a normal standard. And yeah. that's they just knew that people weren't going to. Yeah. And of course, it's gonna be slow in some way. I mean, I play Rocket League myself, and I if I don't buy the battle pass, I'm not leveling at all. It goes super slow. Um, but with them, it's like they 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 ha- they are not completely transparent. And, mm. and the fact that they um, let the press play the game, they don't tell them anything about microtransactions, they wait until they publish their videos, and then they announce it, that's just showing that they were scared for some backlash. I think that's, that's uh, you know, slightly burning some bridges. I, I talked about this on the podcast, saying that EA usually does this, right? Where they uh, roll out Star Wars Squadrons, and then a couple of months later, they come with microtransactions. But of course, every video has no trace of that. So a, a, an average consumer is going to think like, oh, it's a fine game, right? Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I thought that was, a, you know, a move that they shouldn't smart, have done. but it's... No, it's smart, but it's also like next time when they make a game, I'm gonna think twice about even covering it in the first place. Yeah. So. And, and I, I personally have a have a big issue with with any kind of microtransactions, just from you know a psychological point of view, because people always say, "Oh, you don't have to buy them," and that is true that you don't have to buy them. They're not aimed at you know 99% of the people that are playing these kind of games. They're they're aimed at the 1% of people that massively spend a lot of money on these kind of transactions in order to you know stand out or in order to you know to be different or whatever and i just generally find that really bad practice and it really put me off a little bit of uh, the entire game and the intention of it because even if it's just cosmetics it's 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 i don't know i i yeah whatever not a fan yeah (laughs) fair enough no that's fair um but yeah that is population one i think you know overall i think nathan i think it's a it's a fun game does does would probably improve from like some more involved sort of vr mechanics uh, and we're not a a massive fan of the microtransactions either and and they need to prove themselves a little more i feel like based on this it's it's there is some content but i don't know i'm not completely sure where this is heading to i I do feel that regardless of our thoughts on the game i think it's going to be extremely popular when it comes out um but that's a question yeah yeah but it'll be interesting to see how it 
develops over time and how the game evolves and but, if they can keep it fresh and interesting for players the, the, the thing that i just want i don't hope that because like the massive success that you know quest brings to you know virtual reality that we see a diminishment in like you know these vr integrations and like because that, that's the thing that got us initially involved into vr and I, i'd but, be sad to see that go away no but it's not gonna go away it still needs to like happen in the first place they're they're right now they're trying to get people into vr so it's not even about those mechanics yet. Like those mechanics are maybe getting something, you know, people demand in like five years. Like, okay, listen, I've been playing for years now. Where's the, but I yeah. feel like right now, Facebook is more focused on getting people in VR. And then the party games are fine. I think the party games can can uh, hold people uh, you know, and, into VR. And well. we know from Quest that we kind of need to go backwards before we can go forwards. Do you know yeah, what well, I mean? That, like that's we need true. To... <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think that's going to happen with the but same it, like, with the game design as well. It, honestly, this, like even Population One doesn't feel like it's backwards. It, I, I, th- it's I still okay. think it's a fun it's game. Okay. I still think it's a fun game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, again, I'm sure it's a fun game. It's just things that I would like to see different. Yeah, um, sure. If, if you're a VR enthusiast, a VR game. listen. If you're a VR enthusiast and you're in the bubble, just like flip that switch in the back of your neck and put it on consumer for a moment, and you bought like your quest for the first time, <laughs> dude. Everything is amazing, and everything is gonna be amazing <laughs> yeah. for the upcoming that's two true. three years. And then you're that's like, true. wait, is there more? And that's where people start to ask questions. It reminds me how there's like this whole spectrum of something from Rec Room and just paintball in Rec Room. Like, which yeah. years ago, like that's still like laser tag and paintball, like really, really basic concepts are incredibly fun still, minus like maybe the screaming or something. But but then you have like on the exact opposite end of the spectrum onward. And that's still also really incredible and fun. But they're like such. But my point is that there's a lot in between there. That it's not just either onward or, you know, arcade simulation shooters. There's a lot of things in between there and I'm that's just glad that spectrum like exists so like we have consumer yeah, choice in terms of like what what do you want and there's a lot of people coming into quest these days who are you know like under 16 under under 13 probably mm-hmm. even and maybe the the male sim category I'm glad it exists I'm glad we had the the horsepower on these devices to pull that level of interaction off like grabbing a magazine handing it over but I'm also glad like people can enter in without needing that level of complexity so they can still have fun and scream in our ears. Absolutely. So, so uh, that was interested- our uh, hot topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you're interested in, in picking up Population One, uh, it's coming out on the 22nd of October, so not much longer to wait, and it's going to be thirty dollars uh, to get, buy. Uh, so, do we also get a discount from from you, like uh, like they do at Fortnite? You know, uh, like this, uh, no, uh, no creator codes, unfortunately. No? So, no. if I buy a skin and I do it through you, it's not. Uh... No, sadly not. No. Mm, okay, sadly not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next bit of news is about. Uh, you know, the original Omni directional treadmill from Virtuix wow. called the Omni. It's making a comeback. Did you guys expect this? I remember this. This is like, you know, Darshan, I remember this. He was there. We were all there. You know, when we, we, had, we had pre-ordered our Oculus DK1s. We were thinking, what, what can we get for this this headset? You know, what's the next exciting thing? We're looking at the STEM system, you know? We, and we also were looking at the Virtuix Omni. Um, Did the STEM ever ship? No. Okay. It never shipped. It never shipped. Uh, we were talking about Denny with Denny uh, from Cloudhead Games uh, a few weeks back, and he was saying that he was the one of the few that actually got to demo it. Um, but no, it never actually shipped. I don't think. No, this the like um, this this Omni. This it was like all over the 
place, you know, like uh, it was on YouTube and I remember seeing videos of, of this guy playing uh, GTA and playing uh, Battlefield with his treadmill. Like they use far packs to really hype people up. They really knew what people wanted, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's it. And like, you know, back then, because it was like the DK1 was three degrees of freedom, you didn't have six <laughs> degrees of freedom, you didn't really yeah, have true. room scale VR. So the idea of a treadmill kind of like was really appealing mm. to everyone. And a lot of people, including me, got really hyped for it. Mm. I couldn't afford to buy one, but I was really interested in it. And I was super interested in treadmills right up until the second I tried one. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, like what is this garbage? Like so, this is so terrible. What, what did you try? So I tried the Omni, the original Omni. It was at Gamescom oh. like two years ago. And, uh, the ball crusher, right? That's how the, it was called. Yeah, because you had to wear this little harness. Uh, and I remember getting strapped into it and trying this like a horror shooter game, uh, which was kind of fun. But like, I, I just remember feeling like it didn't feel like I was running. It didn't feel like I was walking. It felt like I was sliding around in a bowl. I was like Bambi on like ice. <laughs> It's uh, like like you you being like. so you being at the Olympic Games and I'm like throwing you on the ice and it's like this and, puck and you were brushing and, it yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, 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 like yeah. That. it's like so you feel like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. actually like honestly that that does kind of like you know that's describe it, like. it yeah yeah um, but so so yeah sadly you know it wasn't the experience that we wanted you know it doesn't mimic the mm -hmm. feeling of running or walking um, in real life particularly well it feels very fake so therefore kind of defeats its purpose from the beginning of like simulating that kind of feeling um so then ever since then i've been very uh skeptical of treadmills and you know we mentioned this before on, on the podcast you know rowdy did a whole segment on why vr treadmills aren't the future mm -hmm. uh if you're interested go and check that out it's one of our most popular clips on the channel actually so go check that out um but then we we, we mentioned this again when catwalk you know did a, a kickstarter campaign a couple of months back mm -hmm. hugely successful campaign 1.6 million us dollars in funding um, so they did, they did incredibly well. Uh, we kind of thought that maybe that a lot of that money went to like arcades maybe, you know, or from arcades Military. buying multiple units. Um, but yeah, it seems like now that Virtuix maybe saw that response to that Kickstarter campaign and said, Hey, the, the consumer market are interested in treadmills again. Let's, let's give it another shot. Because Virtuix has a military contract, right? They've, I, with their previous Virtuix Omni, they have. I believe so. I believe so, yeah. I think that was the rumor that, that they went that way uh, after the Kickstarter campaign. Um, but it looks like they're bringing a new product out, uh, and this is going to be called the Virtuix Omni 1. Uh, and this is kind of like a, a bit of a slimmed-down version of their original Omni, uh, a bit more sort of uh, home-friendly, I'll put it that way, a bit like the Catwalk uh, Mini, you know, that you can kind of like um, collapse it down. You could store it under a bed or something like that. I think that's the whole idea around the new design. Mm. Um, but the interesting thing is they're not going to be doing a Kickstarter campaign this time around. They're offering individuals to invest in the company via a website called seedinvest.com. Now, Darshan might be more sort of familiar with this kind of stuff, like seed investments and like that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a bit above my head, to be wait, honest. Wait, wait, wait. So, well, okay, wait. So you're selling a, a hat, like a, a treadmill to consumers and you want the consumer to invest into your... Well, so so let's get this clear. So like the, the, the consumer product will be released in Q2 of 2021. Uh, and the price apparently is going to be 1,995 US dollars, which includes a VR headset, the Omni One itself. Oh, a headset uh, too. A headset as well, yeah. Oh, that's, that's nice. Headset as well. Uh, and apparently, maybe some software. Um, they so show is it in a the custom headset that they're making for well, this. Well, they're not clear on that. In the in the trailer, they show it with the Pico Neo Two, which you know, okay, great. Um, 
they're not clear about it. I think that's the problem. Oh, like the um, treadmill itself. Johnny, Johnny Wells in the chat asked if it also comes with magic beans. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you'd, you'd think so at this point, uh, because in the trailer they show it with the Pico Neo 2 and some zombie shooter that we've never seen before, which is weird marketing from their perspective. You know, you'd think you'd wear it with the Quest 2 when you play Half-Life Alex or something. Especially after they played like Battlefield 4 and other yeah. stuff with it. I'm like, what, yeah. what the heck? Um, but basically on this uh, seedinvest.com, when I went and checked it out earlier, you can invest uh, a minimum amount of $1,000 up to $50,000. Um, but you only get a free Omni if you invest over $20,000. So this is this is mainly for investors right now that want to invest in the company. Like maybe Darshan can maybe explain how this works. Is this is this is seedinvest.com for like the average Joe to invest in this company? Mm -hmm. Or is this like, how does that work? So uh, in general, raising capital in order to build your business from, from public people, uh, meaning like non-licensed investors, like the average person, uh, has not really been possible or legal until the past couple of years. And a lot of this is good protection for the consumer because you don't want you know, some random person to put out a product and be like, trust me, like it, it's a self-driving car. And then people start like investing in the company without any sort of like, you know, investment knowledge and you know vetting of the truth and whatnot. So there have been a lot of protections over the past few decades for the consumer. But now that's right. starting to actually open up because, you know, there's a lot of information on the Internet now. Like we can make our own intelligent decisions about whether or not to invest in a company. And that's awesome mm -hmm. because if you can get into the company really, really early on and you make some really smart bets, that could be financially a game changer for, for you and your life if you can get in really early, right? That's why like a lot of financial growth for people is coming from making like investments in companies really early on and, and not necessarily when, when it's when the company's already going public, in many ways they're, they're, they've already made it now. Like, like you missed out on the chance to invest in them. So I think that's pretty cool like as a concept in general. It's, it's growing in popularity. Um, and I think the challenge is what are the kinds of companies that are raising money? Uh, because oftentimes the best companies, the companies that are really awesome investments, mm -hmm. they're going to be able to go and raise venture capital from, you know, extremely right. experienced investors. Like look at Oculus. They did a Kickstarter, but they also went and raised uh, venture capital from some of the best investors in the world in order to build their business. And then they got acquired by Facebook, uh, three, yeah. four years later. So there's kind of this question in my mind of like, what are the kinds of companies that are coming out and, and are they also venture backed? Are they, do they have other sources of capital? Is this really meant to be kind of like a, hey, we want to give people in our community the chance to invest and be a part of this journey. Uh, maybe give developers and content creators and users a chance to, you know, you love the product. Well, you can also like ride along with us. And, and if we succeed, like you succeed too. Or is it the case of like, we, we couldn't get money anywhere else, so how about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that makes sense. I don't know that, anything but, about that yeah. company. But that, that's that's what every that's what every company has done who's trying to sell a VR treadmill. There is no one who said like, oh, we already made them and we got everything sorted. So here you can have one here. But that that's not how it works. Everyone seems to be kind of even cat VR. You know, like they 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 did kind of the same trick there. Yeah, they're also trying to sell an online uh, subscription model of like a platform called the Omniverse, which is $15 a month subscription service for some like games that are optimized for the Omni. 
But if they're the kind of games that they're showing in the trailer, that it's rubbish-looking zombie shooter, then I think you can forget paying fifteen dollars a month. You know, wait, wait we, so you already pay like like so much for this treadmill in the end, and then you and then pay a subscription. Also, yeah. Wow. It's wow. rough. And you oh. thought microtransactions in Pop One were bad? Like this is this is on another level. Oh, um, yeah. So like. You know, I can't like get excited. You to hop off. Like, it's just going to be, like, constantly spinning. Like, yeah. if you ever want to stop, like, you better... Yeah, it's like <laughs> ever, an ever-moving hamster wheel that you can't get off until you pay. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be genius. Um, so, yeah, although it's kind of interesting they're bringing a new product to the table, the way they're doing it is a very strange way. I think they would have been better off just doing a Kickstarter campaign like the original one. Um, this is not aimed at consumers, right? It can't be... Well, yeah, it like is. It's, 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 it, yeah, it's, no, no, no. Like this is just investment right now. Uh, obviously, it's not like uh, you're okay. not paying twenty yeah, grand yeah, for a yeah, product. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be two thousand when it launches. But this is just so you, you can invest in the company. Even that amount. Like, well, the the, yeah. the 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 trailer at least shows that the people who made this do not know what playing VR games is. I, I think they they yeah, you, like you say they they did the marketing on the original one. They got it on point, but this one they kind well, of like dropped I, the ball. I think yeah, it's like Pico Neo. First of all, I, no offense, you know, great headset, but Pico Neo. Well, you could also get like a Quest or a mm-hmm. Valve Index or something like showing different headsets. But I think that's the headset you're gonna get with it. <laughs> I, kinda, yeah. I, I don't know what else they're gonna give you. Um, and then yeah, the, as you said, the game was like the most sad game I've ever seen. Sorry, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with this one. Obviously, they. I do want to try it. Like you know, same yeah. with Cat VR. Like you know, uh, I had kind of like the same feeling about that. I'm like, listen, can I try it at least? And and they were welcome. Is it like sure? So even with Omni, I'm like, you know, I already told them. I was like, I want to try it, but I'll just give my opinion, just like I did with Cat yeah. VR. Uh, yeah. So the issue here is like there's there's too much missing information. Like I'd be happy to support a company like this if they did demos. And they had one game or just one demo that showed this is the type of content that you can experience if you had something like this. And now we're going to go build like this developer ecosystem and like integrate it with a bunch of cool cool content or custom games. Maybe games that don't work on the Quest or whatever, but it's missing. Yeah, but as I said, it's a VR treadmill. They're hiding it because there's nothing more to show. <laughs> This is it. This it's is what you're the, gonna get. It's still the slippery base, right? Yeah. That's that's, yeah. that's still the design to go with. The, the the problem with that is that as long as you don't really have feedback going in feedback? that simulates walking feedback, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Then you, you don't really get the feeling that you're walking. It, it it's it's again it's more like a a new way of walking. You really need to, you know, spend some time learning into this, but it will never really simulate, you know, the feeling that you have when you're walking. I think that is the the problem just a little bit with this kind of stuff yeah absolutely absolutely this yeah. looks just like ready player one like uh, you remember like ioi where you have yeah. like a 200 like uh mm-hmm. you know yeah. like army people and they're all yeah, i think yeah. it's something that looks exactly like this yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe exactly, they're all yeah. invested in that all those hundred people then an ioi yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it does look uh, like that but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, they they go when uh, you know it finally releases to the public, especially when with Catwalk being their competition now. The real um, question will be: Will big screen get treadmill support? Because that's what we yeah. are all looking forward to. There you go. What about it, Dasha? That's confidential. <laughs> confidential. Disclose <laughs> <laughs> at this time, but uh, but if you invest. Wait, wait, wait. I have an idea for you. You should make a feature where if you're on the treadmill, if you want to skip through the video, you need to walk faster or slower. And that, that, you can, you, or, or, you, or you power the projector going in by running. Yeah. It's like some, some sort of new like fitness thing. Like in order to play the video, you have to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Run. Yeah. 
Yeah, there we go. We've sold it. We sold Two it. workout. That's the killer feature. Do a Lord right of the there. Rings marathon, and your legs be like this. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah Virtuix, you know, you know who to contact. You know, you'll never be skipping leg day when you want to watch your favorite we, TV we're show. For hire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that is the Virtuix Omni, bringing a new uh, omnidirectional treadmill called the Virtuix Omni One. It'll be mm. available to consumers uh, Q2 2021, 2000 US dollars. So mm. there you go. If you're interested, go check it out. Mm. Last bit of news. Interesting if you're into horror VR games, which we know Nafi is a big fan of. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is because one of the most scary <laughs> VR, well, horror genres is coming to VR, and that is the Blair Witch Project. Oh, God. Um, this is insane. This dropped like the information dropped around this uh, this week. Uh, this comes from the same team that brought us Layers of Fear in VR uh, mm. from a team called Bluber Blue Team. Bluber Team. Mm-hmm. Um, the pancake version, uh, which they also made uh, of the Blair Witch, uh, has done pretty well actually on Steam. It released about a year ago. Uh, it's got mostly positive reviews on Steam at the moment, uh, with players saying that it kept them on the edge of their seat for the roughly sort of six-hour story campaign. And they said that the story was pretty engaging and interesting, and they wanted to sort of see it out to its conclusion. Um, if you're interested in the story, it sort of takes place in 1996 when a young boy disappears in the Black Hills Forest near Burkittsville, Maryland. And you play uh, Ellis, a former police officer with a troubled past, and you join the search. Um, and the thing is, like, what turns out to be like an ordinary investigation around a missing boy turns into like an endless nightmare as you confront your fears and the Blair Witch itself in a mysterious force that haunts the woods. Um, but what I thought was really, really cool about the trailer, and we've talked about this again on the show previously, is that you're not alone through this ordeal. You've got mm-hmm. like a little sidekick uh, dog with you called mm-hmm. Bullet, which I think is awesome. I think it's Bullet. totally awesome. Yeah, he's your little dog companion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so you're again not... that level of immersion that you get by being with someone, right? And the interactions yeah. with that. Yeah, and yeah, we said this awesome. before, like uh, in Robinson, the journey when you've got a little dinosaur, oh. you know, Falcon Age, you've got your bird, you know, you've got these kind of AI companions, and they're really, mm. really compelling to have in a VR game where you can interact with them with your own hands and, you know, and use them as in game mechanics. Super yeah. smart. So, this is why I'm very excited about this now. Um, so you guys looking forward to this one? You fan of the Blair Witch or you fan of horror games oh, in VR? Oh, very, very much. Like I, I saw, by the way, in the chat, uh, Nigo Lotto saying at least the graphics already look horrific. Like, <laughs> they, they it's not do. the prettiest game to look at, I think. True. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I love the movie. You know, the, the the original movie of the Blair Witch. Not, not, the, not the new one. Not the new one. Is there uh, a new one? I didn't even know there yeah, was. There was, a new there, one. There, there was another movie, like a newer. It was based on the Blair Witch. Oh, I, don't, okay. I re- don't remember the name, but uh, yeah. No, I remember. But, watching uh, am the I original. a fan of trying this out of VR? Uh, no, like no, nope. hell no, hell no, no. <laughs> no like th- th- this kind of stuff in VR is just like, it's too much. It's it's just too much. I already know. Like, uh, I mean, the, the movie was proper scary, and if they go a little bit in that same direction. Like someone is gonna die. Someone is gonna die from a heart <laughs> attack while playing this game. Rowdy. You need to man up, son. What about you, Nathy? What about you? You gonna be in this? Oh, that, is is that a live stream confirmed, Mike? From uh, beginning to come end. Come on, like you, you know, I'm gonna play this game on, on video. You know, I'm gonna play it. Yeah, but live stream beginning to end. All right, got it. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Well, not not on the quest. I'm not going to live stream on the quest because it's horrible to live stream with. But I'll make a video for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And and then and then you wear the be haptic suit so you can feel the, yes, the ghost, the, the well, ghost yeah. trees that you see in the trailer tickling your back. What about you, Nathan? Are you going to do that? No. <laughs> no. No. What about you, Dash? Are you a fan of VR horror games? Um, I, that that's a no. no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. How, how about this? 
I will be convinced if you do a live stream where you're sleeping in a VR headset overnight, all, all on camera. In a forest. Yeah, yeah, in a forest. Like you go camping or something. Yeah. And you wake up, awesome. and when you wake up, the game starts. Do you know, do you know what? Like actually recording the, a, a video like this in a forest would be so epic that you you would you would have to like set oh, up no. infrared lights for it to work cuz but that is possible you could get it to work maybe i should consider this and then i i'll, I'll make an epic blowout video don't you bring the forest to your studio so you just uh, pack no, you bags full outside. of leaves and then you put them in your studio you gotta do and it outside you just... in the dark yeah. Why don't you actually go go to the Blair Witch Forest? Right, oh. where is it? Maryland? Yeah, that's like, <laughs> dude, short like dude, 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 I watched like a video about someone who was like hunting down like movie locations and the house was still there for a while after the wow. movie. And so like all the, the handprints were on there and all these weird scribbles and stuff. It's like wow. extremely creepy. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, there you go. Maybe maybe I'll do an epic video. Um, but the game is going to be so releasing. Brown on pants, Mike. I, I, well, I'm wearing them now uh, already. I just, know. just just you, talking that's about the only thing it. You so have, right? yeah. There you go. Um, the game is releasing on the 29th of October for 30 US dollars and will be a timed exclusive for Oculus Quest and will be coming to other VR platforms in the future. Timed exclusive? Dang timed it. Timed exclusive Not for Quest. Again. No. Why? Quest, Quest wins. Oh. Everyone loves the Quest. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're a fan of VR horror games, that's going to be the one, I think. It looks very good. So. Mm. I'll, I'll keep it posted. Yeah, I'm going to do a little video in the woods if I ever make it back. Nice. <laughs> yeah. People are just like ripping it off and just throwing it on the floor. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's why you need like a little mat, a little rubber mat. You'll be safe. Keep your headset <laughs> safe. But yeah, that is Blair Witch Project. So that is all the news this week. Um, so now it's time to talk to our special guest, Darshan, about mm. big screen. Uh, so if you've got any questions for Darshan about big screen or just about VR in general, because he's been there since the very beginning, 84 years. <laughs> 84 years uh, ago. You can ask him anything you want about VR and how it started. He was there. He know, he saw it firsthand. He knows. Um, and maybe we should start actually with that. Like how, how did this all start for you? Like your your origin story prior to uh, getting into big screen and, and where it is today? Because it's, it's been a crazy ride, right? It has. I, I had hair when I started, so if that tells you anything. <laughs> Don't go into VR development, people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. No, I've got, like, gray hair now and everything. It's, it's great. Um, no, I started way, way back in, like, probably 2012, 2013, right when DK1 was announced and all that. And that, that triggered everything because uh, in 2010, I started my first company, and we were building, like, uh, networking infrastructure and developer tools, uh, a very, very technical engineering-focused company. Uh, here in, in San Francisco in, in California. Um, and when VR came out, I was like, this is this changes everything. Everything else I had done before VR felt very incremental. It was like, all right, we're taking something here and we're gonna make it like slightly better. But with VR, everything felt like it was, it, anything you did was gonna be 10 times better than than the like non-VR version. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like growing up, I've always wanted to get into game development, but I've never done game development. Like, I mean, I've made like little things in like Game Maker or something like way back in the day, right? But but nothing nothing serious. And I've always wanted to get into this stuff. Uh, like, I played, I probably downloaded Steam what in two thousand two, two thousand three or something. Oh, is that when that was when it was like mandatory when you bought like Half Life or something? When you bought Half Life, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now, what, uh, 15 plus years later, it's like we have a, we have a game on the Steam store. That's freaking cool. 
so like my life dreams are 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 coming true with with VR, getting to like ship a game on Steam and or or an application, right? Like ship ship some content on Steam and to work in VR is just just mind blowing. Uh, I've lost a little bit of it, like because now it's just so normal. I'm like, of of course it's like this, uh, but still every once in a while when I jump into a big screen or or even another VR app, it's like this is actually working. So what got me started with all of this is in 2014, when I first started, I was actually six years ago, exactly like around this time frame, like October 2014, uh, was when I f started working full time on big screen. Uh, it was just me in my, my studio just building this stuff, uh, building a game for the first time, using the Unity engine for the first time, uh, learning C++ and all that stuff. And what I wanted to do was to really explore non-gaming uses of VR. Because I think VR and AR, uh, it's not just about gaming. Uh, and that's not why Facebook bought Oculus, for example. It's, it's going to change how we do everything in our lives. In 20, 30 years, VR and AR will probably replace our monitors, our computers, probably our phones even. Uh, and I think that's why Facebook cares so much about this, because this is how Facebook is going to probably disrupt Google and Apple and their dominance in smartphones. So I was really interested in non-gaming use cases. Um, how are we going to use our computers? How are we going to be able to play games together, watch movies together, collaborate together? Everything that we're doing with computers today and how to make that a, a social experience and what can we do with that? Um, so launched the first version of this in 2016, raised uh, a bunch of venture capital. We raised about $3 million from Andreessen Horowitz and True Ventures. Wow. Uh, hired uh, our first employee and then started building the company in 2016. So right out of the gate, we had a ton of people using it. So we were probably like top five, top 10 on Steam at that point in, in VR in terms of usage. Uh, and it's been that way ever since then for the past four years. Uh, we've still kind of maintained a pretty large user base and just keep growing quietly and quietly just keep growing. Um, for, for people who don't know, uh, we've raised venture capital. That's how we've built our business. Uh, that's how we've been able to hire people and, and kind of operate and, and do all the licensing deals we've done since then. Right, because the, the app's free. The app's completely free, um, completely yeah. free to use. And uh, Andreessen Horowitz, for example, is the investor that early on invested in Oculus even um, before they got bought by Facebook. So the goal here isn't actually just cinemas. Um, we've been focused kind of heavily on marketing the, the whole movie watching use case, but really our interests are across the whole spectrum. What can we do with VR um, that's going to change everything about how we use our computers, how we work together and, and all of that. But over the past couple of years, a lot of our focus has been, at least publicly, on, on movie watching because the headsets today aren't really that great in terms of like a monitor replacement. They're, they're still pretty low resolution. They're, I can't wear them for you know eight hours a day. My limit is about two and a half hours. Beyond that, it gets pretty bad. Um, so for that purpose, we've focused a lot of our attention on what can still work well today, uh, as opposed to trying to build something that'll be great like four or five years from now. Uh, we're focused mm -hmm. heavily on 3D movies, for example, because that's something that VR gives you that you can't really get just on a normal TV at home. Uh, and that social experience of watching videos with your friends is something that, especially during quarantine and stuff, just exploded. Um, so it's been it's been cool to focus on some of those use cases uh, over the past few years. Uh, and over the next six to 12 months, especially with Quest 2 coming out, the resolution of these headsets is finally getting to the point where we're, you're going to start to see us focus even more on the non-movie use cases um, so that you can do everything from YouTube and Netflix and 3D movies that we are, are selling 
to even playing video games on your Quest, like uh, like Among Us, right? Streaming Among Us from your PC so that you can play it on your Quest with a bunch of your buddies around the world. Um, and we're going to even get into some of the remote work use cases, like virtual offices and, and how to do those things. In fact, that's what got me excited about this in the first place. The very first version of Big Screen is called HQVR, Headquarters. Um, but that was a terrible name, so I changed it to something more like broad and applicable uh, to call it Big Screen. Uh, but next year, we'll, we'll do a lot more a lot more of the productivity stuff. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting to see how the, the application has evolved over the years. And maybe you can talk about like the transition from like PC VR to then when the Quest launched and the kind of um, struggles that, 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 that came with that. Because, you know, now, you know, back then we weren't sure whether the Quest was going to be as popular as it is now. Obviously now we know that it's like, you know, it's huge and Quest 2 is going to be even bigger. So it's like a, it's really worth investing all your time and effort on the Quest platform, but back then it was a bit of a gamble, right? Yeah, because back then, when in 2016, when Vixen first launched, there was the Rift, CV1, and the Vive. That was it, uh, and the market was wide open. By 2017, we had Windows Mixed Reality come into the picture and, mm -hmm. and a few more entrants in the space, but, uh, and you know, the, the Oculus Go was announced, like it was coming off maybe in the future. Gear VR was there, but, yeah, back then, like mobile VR had just no real usage. There was like 10 million Samsung Gear VRs, but they were all like in a closet, right? Like basically nobody would actively use them. Um, so now the market's changed so much. And I think standalone VR is proving itself that it can also be the best PC VR headset at the same time. Um, mm. and, and that really changes the game, but it puts a lot of pressure on big screen because so much of our history is built on the Windows platform. And standalone VR is really a closed platform. There's uh, so much less horsepower. A lot of the capabilities don't even exist there. Mike, earlier you said something about how, uh, you know, with Quest we have learned, you have to take a few steps back first before you can really move forward. And, and that hit me. I was like, wait, that's big. I've experienced exactly that, where our Quest version for the past year and a half has been pretty terrible when you compare it to our PC version. It's just so hard. Um, the amount of work it takes to build out features and functionality and get it to run extremely well on the Quest, it's taken years of effort. And we're a tiny team, we're just 10 people. Uh, we're not like a you know 100 person studio that can like churn out tons of stuff. Like VR is just not there yet, right? So over the next six months, Quest will finally get a big screen on Quest. We'll finally be as capable, like feature for feature, uh, as our PC version is. Um, right. and, and that's going to really, I think, open things up. For us, we've poured in years of effort to just make Quest as good. And is that, the, is that due to the power of the XR2 chipset in Quest 2 that makes that possible? Um, not really. It's actually just time. More than anything else, uh, right. time to figure out the right ideas, the, the right ways to even implement it. Like, how do we get YouTube to work on Quest? Right. So this is updates across the Quest platform. It's not just like, oh, this will be optimized for Quest 2. It's just like, we're going to be improving Quest 1 and Quest 2. Correct, correct. Because uh, almost everything that we do, uh, we're a completely cross-platform application. Like next year, we'll probably be on PlayStation VR as well. So anytime we think about mm. development, we think about it from cross-platform and from social from the very beginning. Meaning when we try to put out a feature, we really want it to work great for any user on any platform regardless of when they're coming in. And in our past, we haven't always been able to deliver on that. That's usually been technical constraints that we take two, three years to, to work around. But the eventual goal, and early next year, you're gonna see that um, regardless of what headset you come in on, you're gonna be able to have tons of capabilities. You won't feel like, oh man, I'm on Quest. I can't even create a room. This kind of sucks, I'm out. 
right. you're, you're going to have so much more capabilities. That's awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear. Because, like, you know, from speaking to you regularly over the past like couple of years, you know, the main focus has been, like, getting movie studios on board uh, and showing, like, movies uh, experiences in, in, in big screen with, like, uh, ticket prices you know you could sell tickets to people they could go to a movie showing how how is that sort of since that's launched how has that been going for you and particularly around like you said covid you know saw the explosion of social interaction and social vr has that sort of boosted things as well for you in terms of ticket sales yeah it, it's definitely boosted things um we have a couple challenges here so let's start with like why do we even do the movie stuff to begin with um movies as i mentioned before are like one thing that we do at the end of the day, we just want to offer the best screens in VR and, allow, and make everything a social experience. Whether you want to play games or watch movies or watch YouTube, we just want to offer a really great place to hang out with your buddies and, and do that. Um, whether, whether you want to sit by yourself in a massive theater and play games or you want to hang out with your buddies and watch Netflix, regardless, we just want to do a great job of that. The thing is, there's no place on the internet right now for you to really watch 3D movies with your friends. And yeah. that's the only reason why we needed to partner up with the movie studios, because you can't go on Netflix and watch 3D movies right now. And personally, I think that's such an incredible visual experience that we wanted to create the, the legal, licensed, frictionless, easy way to do it. So you can come in a big screen, click one button, just pay and watch a movie. You don't have to you know, figure out other ways of like buying a Blu-ray, ripping it, transcoding it. And there's a whole mess of things, right? You don't want to spend two, three hours just... Especially, especially because 3D in, in, in VR is so much better than 3D if you go to the cinema, right? Because you can actually project two different images uh, to each eye, which is an amazing thing. Because They're lined up correctly. Yeah, exactly. Because when you try 3D in big screen, it's it's way better still than when you try 3D in a, in a, in a real cinema. Dude, trust me, I've, I've once watched a 3D movie in the cinema. I was sitting all the way on the front in the left corner. I was like, well, is this still 3D? What am I even looking at right now? So, yeah, you're right. Like, you can sit wherever you want in VR and, and still have the best seat. Yeah, my first 3D movie, or one of my first was Avatar. And I was also, same thing, sitting all the way up front because I was late to come into the theater. Oh, man, I had a headache after that. It was, it was not great. And it's darker in the cinemas, right? Like a 3D movie usually isn't as bright. So VR, is, in my mind, is clearly the future of how we're going to watch some of the biggest blockbusters. Yeah. The, the only thing is, you know, resolution hasn't really been there over the past few years, but that's catching up. Every 18 months, the resolution of these headsets is getting better better we had actually a question from the chat uh, regarding that as well because uh, of course when you talk about big big movie studios you need to license it for specific countries um do you have any plans into like you know licensing to other countries because we had for example show game asking uh, are you planning on doing any movie screening in countries like belgium it's locked in this country will it ever be accessible to other countries yeah so that's that's been one of the challenges we're a tiny team like uh, you know i People on the team are doing everything from finance to business development to get these deals to writing code and marketing. And the amount of work we have to do to pull this off is insane. It would typically be a 50 to 100 person company. And we just have to do it all ourselves. And that's why everything that we want to do takes a little bit longer and we have to fight a little bit harder and we have to do a lot more convincing because most people in the world aren't convinced that VR is even worth paying attention to. So how do you walk up to a movie studio that you don't know and have never done business with in an industry that isn't exploding and be like, 
please, uh, can we have some movies? <laughs> right? So, so in order to do that, it takes years and years to build those relationships, to convince them, and it costs a ton of money for us, yeah. right? Like for Facebook or someone big, it's just like, all right, drop in the bucket. Just like, you know, we're Facebook. Just, we want your movies. Like, just hand them over. Let's go. But I would, I would, I would imagine since COVID, right, that maybe that conversation is easier to have because movie theaters across the world are like, struggling right now and you know well, it's got the some... only way to still watch a movie in a theater is to do it in big screen at the well, moment well this is so. this is the thing you know like i would pay i would pay really good money to see like tenant right now or like the new james bond movie without having to go to a movie theater and you know if the, i would even pay double because you know i, I just want to see the film and if there is a way to get that in big screen, but I'm sure those conversations are happening, happening right behind the scenes. That's exactly right. Which is after COVID, we've been having conversations with studios for the past two, three years. And yeah. after COVID, some of those conversations finally clicked. Typically a business deal like this takes about two years to go from start to finish. It doesn't happen overnight. And some of those deals really got accelerated. So in about a month, we're gonna announce uh, some of the movies that you want and have been hinting at and movies that we've talked about in the past, uh, they will be coming to big screens so that you can watch them by yourself or, or with your friends, uh, including some of the biggest blockbuster movies that have been released this year. Uh, but one thing that I, I learned with COVID was that the movies tend to go uh, to all the digital distributors all at the same time. It's very hard uh, for studios to say, we're gonna give VR, which is a really tiny user base, our biggest blockbuster of the year before we give it to anybody else. Because they're never gonna make, you know, if, if it's someone like Amazon, they're gonna be like, we'll pay you $100 million or $500 million to just buy the rights to tenant so no one else can have it. VR is like, here's like half a million. You know, like the, the money just doesn't even add up. It's nowhere even close. So our best, it's just not, it's not there yet. One day I think it will be, but we're just not at that point. I think we're all seeing the future and we know where it can go, but it just, just hasn't yeah. quite happened yet. So our best chance and what we have been working on since COVID is to make sure that when a major blockbuster comes into the home, that you have choice. You can choose between Amazon or YouTube or the 3D version and big screen all on the same day. So you have that that selection now. It, it, it is going to to be great to see you guys bringing more stuff to Europe and, and also other places. Um, also not not because of only you know big screen then you know being more worldwide, uh, but it's also because other apps on the on the on the store uh, are all US focused. If I want to use Oculus venues, yeah, I can like watch some deep sea uh, live streams and uh, <laughs> great, but most of the time it's all US focused. So if if you would be the first, even if it would be two movies, then you're already in the lead. It's super easy because we here, like we we can barely watch anything. <laughs> yeah, that's one of so, the biggest you know. things. Mike knows I've been struggling with this for at least 18 months now. It's been yeah. such a tough fight because multiple studios will own the licenses for the same movie, but in different countries. So like Studio A will own the US license, Studio B will own the French license, and Studio C will own the like, you know, uh, Asian licenses. So it's like, it's a mess to work with everybody to convince the whole world to work with us. But that's the, the end goal is that because that's the point of VR, right? Is to be able to bring people across different countries to all hang out together in the same place at the same time and watch something together. That's the promise of VR. We haven't yeah. fully delivered on that over the past year, but uh, in a month or two, 
we will be in a lot more countries, uh, and we will, including some of the movies we already have. And we will probably be, let's see, what's the number? We only have something like 20, 25, 3D movies right now today. Uh, most of the rest of the stuff is all 2D, uh, and we will be 5Xing the number of 3D movies we have by the end of the year. So before Christmas, you're gonna be able to watch a ton more 3D movies, including the ones that are in your minds right now, uh, and the countries that you're thinking of, UK, Belgium, um, they're also going to get these movies now too. Wait, wait. So, what movie is in your mind, Rowdy, right now? What was the movie that was in your mind? Lord, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what, was, what was your movie? I, I really want to see Tenet. Of course, I want to see Tenet. I know. I was I, for some reason when you said movies James that are James Bond. In, we also said James right? Bond. I know. I was. Yeah. I was just thinking about the Muppet Show for some reason. Oh wow! Well, yeah, <laughs> of course. I don't know why. It's weird. But it's <laughs> nice to have Lord of the Rings and the Muppet Show. In, in, <laughs> yeah. in the so those are the movies that are coming. We knew it. But you know, you're. you're, you're I said this before about big screen. You know, you're you're paving the way. You're doing something completely unique and new that no one's ever done before. And I think that's the challenge. You know, like you say, approaching movie yeah. studios that doesn't know that don't know who you are, don't really under, maybe never have even tried VR before. And then convincing them that this is a platform for you and and to bring their movies across to is, is well, incredible. I definitely task. think it's a platform sell seller because I've had multiple people, especially like the older generation, that you know don't really you know know virtual reality yet. But I've had a couple of people already like be like completely stunned by the by the the mere concept of watching a movie together. That you can, for example, say someone who who lives in another country, you could still meet up. And say like, oh, you know, we can we can watch something together, and just that concept for 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 especially for the older generation has been like mind blowing. So wait, like they're in a different country, but we can sit next to each other in the same in the same hall, and we can watch the same thing, and we can mm -hmm. talk about that. You say, yeah, yeah, you can. I've I've even had a colleague of mine who had um, who had a friend whose wife lived uh, for a year abroad, and they were looking for different ways in order to you know to main contact so they were using zoom and skype but none of it was really like you know as social as virtual reality was so they both bought and these people were over 50 over 50 60 years old they both bought like i think the oculus go headset mm. just to have like you know some kind of way of interaction with each other in a virtual format which i think is a is an awesome concept and this is something that big screen does really well uh, in terms of party formation and uh, and being together does uh does big screen still run on uh, go uh, as of today, yes, but uh, within the next month or so, we, we kind of hinted that by August we were going to end Go support. We've tried to stretch it as long as we can, mm -hmm. uh, but the problem is the, the latest Oculus uh, SDKs, the, the, the tools that the developers use to make our apps, they no longer support the Go already. So if we want to use the latest stuff mm -hmm. in order to make Quest 2 better, for example, mm -hmm. we can't support the Go because it, uh, the platform uh, itself doesn't support the Go. And by the end of the year, we won't even be able to upload new apps to the store. Like if we have a new version coming out with new servers and, and whatnot, it's impossible to even update the app. So, so like that, that's interesting because I, I know like like Go is nowadays like a topic that everyone's like, yeah, it's a dead topic, so whatever. But like I'm sure you had a lot of people watching stuff in big screen and still are. And do you think it's fair that they that they uh, cut the you know the cord? Uh, how long is it ago? Like when did they do this again? Uh, yeah. Of course, now with the Quest 2, it makes more sense, but still, like, I thought this Go could have had a longer run for sure. It definitely, it makes sense, I think, from a business standpoint. I think, uh, like, strategically, it's super smart that they've cut their lines down from, like, Rift, Go, Gear, Quest, to just Quest. 
But from a consumer perspective, it's not that great. Like I know a ton of people who ended up buying Goes, especially because the prices were really affordable. Um, and not a lot of people wanted to spend the extra money to have sixed off tracking because they were playing games. They didn't need the touch controller. So it definitely satisfied like a portion of the market. And it kind of sucks that their, their entire device is just bricked now, right? Like there's basically nothing you can do with this $100 brick that you have. That's, that yeah. sucks from a consumer perspective and it's not super great for building consumer trust. It's like uh, Facebook makes plenty of money. They don't, they don't really need to even, you know, do you really need to do that to consumers and like yeah, get every dollar you can and then just like kill the platform within, uh, that's not great. Now, 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 now the, yeah, no, I, I see. Now the go is gone and now we'll see how long it will take before the Quest 1 is like completely bricked. I think Quest at least it, it will, will have a long lifespan, right? Because they're gonna be Quest 2, there's gonna be Quest 3. And I think a brilliant move that Oculus has done here is to make sure that most of or all of the Quest 2 apps also work on Quest. So yeah. it's really hard when you have millions of, of devices if half of them can't even run the latest stuff that's coming out and you just bought it a year ago or something. That, that would really hurt yeah. the consumer. So I think Facebook's kind of been able to make some hard business decisions, which might have hurt consumers for sure. But overall, I think it's a brilliant move. It's going to be best for the, the long term. What we've seen already is that, you know, uh, studios are optimizing their games for Quest 2 specific versions, you know, like uh, Arizona Sunshine, Super Hot, you know, all these great games are getting like, uh, you know, optimized versions for Quest 2. Can we expect that with big screen as well, that there'll be an optimized version for Quest 2 that's separate from Quest 1? Yeah, of course. I mean, we've been doing this uh, even on, on Quest because Quest was more optimized and had more features than our Go version. So we always have like multiple tiers of, of capabilities that each applications, uh, each platform is going to be able to have. Uh, similarly, like with PlayStation, for example, you can imagine that it'll be somewhere between the Oculus Go and the PC VR version of big screen in terms of capability, visual fidelity, features that are available. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want to try and make it almost identical across all platforms if we can uh, to give people as much horsepower and capability. So maybe we should talk about like um, some of the problems that you faced, like because the, I think the problems that you're facing nowadays are different from the problems that you were facing like a few years ago, right? You know, you know, you had the problems of optimizing for Quest, and now you've like almost like got that nailed. You're like, okay, I think we've made it. Now we've got to get the movie studios on board. Okay, now we've got that nailed, and now you've got this other problem. And it seems like you know, from I, you know, I read your tweet, and it's heartbreaking to see this kind of stuff. And it's like. That Oculus want to take a 30% cut of like your movie revenue share, right? Which I kind of understand from a, you know, they're offering the platform and, you know, they take a cut, I, I'm sure, of like game sales. I don't know if it's like a standard 30% across the board or how that works. Um, but they want to take 30% off the movie studio like ticket prices, right? Um, and I think you were saying that that would pretty much strip any profits that you were going to make off any ticket sales. Um, but then I don't know how this came about, but like, uh, apps like Fandango and Netflix weren't subject to the same percentages or they were able to offer um, purchases offline, not through the Oculus in-app purchase system, which then made that they weren't subject to the 30% um, revenue share. Is so Maybe you can explain that and, and explain why that is a big deal for big screen uh, going forward. So let's we'll we'll take a step back away from the thirty percent number itself uh, because this sure. is pretty different from something like what Epic and Apple are are fighting about. Uh, it's remarkably different. 
Um, so what we are dealing with is Facebook from the very beginning has been pretty clear that they want to build and own the VR AR platform of the future because uh, that's really important for their like long-term relevance in the world to own the next computing platform right from the beginning. Uh, they've also been pretty clear that they want to own all the software that people use as well, right? Like the social experiences, like it'd be weird if Facebook doesn't even own the best social experiences on their own platform. So they obviously want to own uh, productivity, like they showed off the Infinite Office uh, a couple of weeks ago. They want to own uh, social gaming if they can, because they built out Facebook Horizons, which is remarkably similar to Rec Room. Uh, they, they've been constantly trying to do social software as well. Uh, they have Oculus TV, as you as you've mentioned before, uh, which is trying to bring uh, movies and TV into into VR. And they have Oculus venues for you know 360 stuff and, and shows. Um, so they clearly want to own this entire this entire space, which which totally fine. Like there should be lots of competition. I'm glad to see them investing in, in VR. That's that's excellent to to see kind of all that effort being poured in. I'll leave that that factoid right over there. Yeah. The other factoid is about with the movie industry and how does digital video distribution even work? Uh, when you buy something like um, uh, cosmetics in Fortnite, uh, artists at Epic have to create that asset, but but that's it. Like they get to then sell it for ten bucks or whatever, and they just make all the money from that. So if they have to give thirty percent of that to the platform owner who built the entire infrastructure, who built the headsets, who built the app store, who dealt with refunds and the consumer uh, kind of transaction, and and provided you with that distribution, right? Because when Apple gives uh, Epic the ability to just directly charge the consumer's card, the consumer didn't have to like input a credit card or anything like that. There's a lot of trust. There's this huge user base on the on the app store. And the same is true in VR, right? Like Facebook is pouring in billions of dollars to build a quest and to, to create this user base for VR and, and all of that. So I, I don't think there's a big deal necessarily with platform owners charging a fee for in-app purchasing or, or just for processing payments. It's not free to process these transactions. It costs real money to even charge a credit card. Right. That's okay. The problem is the movie industry. Because the movies right. are very different from something like cosmetics. And uh, for really, really old movies, like stuff made 20, 30 years ago, like 60% of the transaction, maybe 65 or 50%, like something in that ballpark of the price that the consumer pays has to go to the movie studio because they own the movie. It's their content. They're a content creator here, right? They own that movie that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars to create in the first place. They ought to make money off of their own movie. It's not our content. We're just distributing their movies. So the majority of the money has to go to them. Mm -hmm. For newer movies, it tends to be about like 70% goes to the movie studio. And for the latest stuff, you mean like stuff like Tenet or any of the movies this year where these are movies that are coming right to the home because of quarantine, they're not even in theaters. Uh, these are, for example. Exactly. Those are like 10 or 15 or $20 movies. And the studios need 80% of that. Uh, wow. Which also kind of makes sense because they're making no money now from theaters because that's gone. Yeah. Uh, and these are big budget, hot, like high value movies. Everybody wants to see the movie as soon as it comes out onto digital. Uh, so they want 80% of that. And, and none of this is private information. Like this is just how the industry works. Everybody online in this world like knows about these numbers. I'm not going to share anything confidential here. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, no, we appreciate that. So, Let's do the math here. 80% uh, of a movie and the transaction price has to go to the content creator. 
which is a movie studio. If you purchase that movie through the Oculus uh, in-app purchasing system, if you open up big screen through the Oculus store and you rented that movie through the Oculus store, Oculus demands 30% of that. So 80% plus 30% is 110%, which means that already we're losing money. Let's not right. forget that streaming these movies, we're streaming them from our servers, which means we have right. massive bandwidth costs. And as a tiny company, we don't get the good deals on prices because our, our volume is just so low that we pay a ton of money for every single movie just to stream it to our customers. And on top of that, we have a business to run, right? Like we have 10 people on the staff, like we have expenses too. So already we are deep, deep, deep in the hole. And that's not even to mention the license fees to even work with the studios in the first place. Uh, it's not like you can charge for like, you know, like going to the toilet or like charging for like the popcorn, popcorn. in the studios. Yeah. But at the same time... Don't I'm, put bad ideas in my mind. Cause... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, you know, I, I completely understand what it is. But I do find it completely ridiculous that from uh, that point of view that you need to pay 80% to a movie studio while you also need to pay the licensing fees uh, to get the movies because it's a virtual platform, because those kind of percentages, they are obviously based on like, you know, the, the digital platform, like for example, Netflix or Amazon or going to the movie theaters, where they have a lot of other ways of, of making money from, from their specific thing. Because they have, for example, with Netflix, you have a licensing fee. With uh, Amazon Prime, you have a licensing fee. Movie studios can charge for the toilet, can charge for uh, popcorn. But all of that is not really, you know, present in, in, in big screen because uh, it's a virtual reality free application. So shouldn't like you also be trying to find like better rates in that kind of perspective because 80% is is, is is ridiculous amount to give away if you can't return on that uh, with a licensing fee. It's actually, to it, is, it is okay in my opinion because at the end of the day, it's their content and we are just helping them make more money through another revenue stream. Uh, you look at iTunes and YouTube and other places where you can rent a movie for a, for a specific price, it's the exact same structure. We have the exact same prices as YouTube and iTunes, the exact same prices right. and pretty much the exact same percentages also go to the creators. And YouTube and, and iTunes don't you know make money through a subscription or something else like that either. For Netflix, when you have a, when you have a subscription like Netflix or Amazon Prime, they don't pay 70% and 50%. They actually pay something like, uh, we're gonna buy this entire movie exclusively for Netflix and we're gonna pay like 20 million for it. We're gonna license all of Friends or The Office or whatever and we're gonna pay 500 million for, for licensing that entire thing. So they don't have to give another dime beyond that 500 million, but then they'll make it up through the, the subscription itself. Rentals is just a very different category. And iTunes is a massive business, despite still having to pay studios a percentage of, of every single rental. It's possible to make a huge business just off of movie rentals alone. So, so what, like the percentages that you're talking about here make sense in a way, it sounds all fair, but how do you explain the 30% that Oculus uh, or, or Facebook is charging in this case? Because you, know, you were just talking about the movie industry, to me, that sounds like fair. I mean, I'm a content creator myself. I would also give myself a very high percentage for what I made. But what about the 30%? What is that based on, on the uh, from Facebook? So 30% makes a lot of sense for broadly gaming content, where you know if it's something like a cosmetic, 
right? Yeah. Epic is the content creator of that cosmetic asset. So 30% goes to the distributor, which in this case is Oculus for you know distributing that video game that you just bought. And 30% of that goes to Oculus and 70% stays with the content creator like population one. That seems actually kind of fair. The content creator gets about 70% and the distributor gets 30%. So it would make sense if, if, if Facebook would charge 30% of the profit that you're making on that movie. That would make sure. sense. Sure. But, but in, sense. in this case, like it, it's a category case. of digital goods, even on Apple, on, on the App Store or, or on any platform out there in the world, like your smart TV. If you, if you go right now and open up your Samsung TV and you rent a movie from there, your, your TV isn't taking 30% and then, no, like, like any movie rental service on there, they're the distributor. So they, they treat big screen as a game, basically, and they don't have a model yet for uh, apps that, that do movies. Not true. And this is the issue. They do have, this is where things start to get a little messy. They do have a model because they know how this industry works. If you want to have movies in VR, which I think we can all agree there is a future potential for this industry. It is important for VR to have this type of content. You know, gaming content is huge in VR today, but someone should be able to build a movie business in VR too. It's important for the future. Facebook knows that, which is why they have Oculus TV. And Oculus TV is their first party application that they're building themselves. The content within Oculus TV, one of the providers is Fandango. And Fandango also rents movies at the same price that we do. But Facebook knows that there is no way you're getting Fandango onto their platform if Facebook demands 30% of every transaction from Fandango. They would make no money, they'd lose money. So right. in order to allow media platforms like Fandango to exist on inside Oculus TV, inside their first party application, they have a special deal that says, you know, these types of applications, they are allowed to process credit cards and do a movie rental, for example, and not give any 30% or anything. It, it doesn't even use Oculus in-app purchasing. You look at Netflix right now on Oculus TV, you don't have to pay 30% to Oculus and subscribe through there. You go to the Netflix website, you subscribe, and, and you're set. So is that is that something that you could do as well? Because you mentioned before as well that you have a website. If could you circumvent that and for example say because we had that asked that question in the chat asked like if i purchase from the big screen website can can we circumvent that 30 percent cost fee that you that you need to pay yes you absolutely can and that is uh that's the only way that we don't have to pay 30 percent is is through that the problem is <laughs> oculus has forced us and is telling us you must use oculus in-app purchasing or we will kick you off the store oh uh, or sorry, they didn't say you, we will kick you off the store. Uh, they wouldn't use such harsh words. The, uh, the legal version is uh, in order to, you, but you must follow the terms of service. Right, right. And I, I think I, rem I remember previously on PC, right, on Steam, like you were selling movie tickets through your website, weren't you? Prior, like on Steam, I remember that. So Steam um, is, we're now also having the same issue with Valve. Um, and, right. and Valve doesn't have any first party movie content and Valve is strictly focused on gaming. So again, we're getting hit with gaming licensing terms and they're forcing us now to figure out like, well, sorry, like we're, you know, you want to be on Steam, you got to do this. All right, so that, 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 so that system has changed now as well. So whereas previously that was potentially an option even on just the PC side, Valve are also shutting the door on that. 
we're yeah. discussing that with Valve right now, and and they're they're great people to work with. You know, they they don't yell at us, they don't they don't uh, threaten us, they don't throw words like lawyers are now involved or any of this weird stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Valve's been really friendly. How about bringing it only to side quests for watching movies at least? It, it, it would be an interesting solution. I'd, I'd be open to considering and thinking about that. But, you know, ultimately, like, developers shouldn't have to do this, right? Like, why can't no, we... No, of course, of course. No, no, no. But since, like, it's, like you said, like, you know, you, you're losing money on every time someone purchases a ticket, that also doesn't make sense. So maybe, I don't know, if, 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 if they're playing hardball, then maybe it might not be, like, you know, the, the, the weirdest decision to actually make that known in the application for everyone who uses it. Because there's a ton of people using the application for watching movies. Maybe, you know, making the, the process of, like, integrating that into SideQuest and, like, having people convert to that platform, even though you'll... You'll lose a percentage of the market, of course, that will normally be access to do it in the long run. Because let's be fair, like we all know that Facebook is developing their own thing in order to probably overtake you or to, 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 to shove you aside completely, which is something that I think none of us here wants and especially other people are using it because it's a brilliant application. So maybe if you do that integration already now and get those people converted to the SideQuest platform uh, and that hopefully can coexist because that's also, of course, the question. As Jamie ask. said in, in chat, uh, until Facebook kills SideQuest. Well, that's the thing. They're, they're gonna, they're, the thing is, it's a matter of time they're going to own it and then use all of the resources and create something themselves and then close it down. So what you're, what you're saying is that a big screen can technically not, well, technically it can, but it can basically uh, not uh, live next door, next door, uh, like Oculus TV, because Oculus TV needs to, like all the consumers that use the Quest should go to Oculus TV and not big screen. Because it kind of sounds like, listen, you know, yeah, true, true. But it's like what what's like usually in 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 just the the mainstream scene I use Netflix and I use Disney Plus and I use some other stuff and and um of course every company does their own thing but on this platform that Facebook created it's like it can't coexist where big screen is not you shouldn't be going there it's like you should go to this and we do not prefer you to go to somewhere else. But I, I really wonder how that conflicts with like, you know, the, the laws that we have, especially in Europe regarding, uh, you know, fair competition on the market. And I, I'm sure that, you know, some similar things exist in the US as well. I don't think that Facebook can continue in the way that they're overpowering this, even though they've been doing this for a while. But eventually, you know, as they get big enough, the government will step into this. That, that you can't be a competitive uh, 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 you, you can't just buy up all of the competition and squash all the rest of the competition uh, just to make sure that your own platform succeeds, even if you own the platform. I, I, I really don't think that, you know, there's some, I think there's some legal background. Of course, I'm, I'm you're probably much, uh, much better versed in this than I am, Darshan. But um, like for me, this, this feels a lot like the, the thing is, if, if, a, if a company gets too powerful, then it should be broken up. That's, that's how it's always been. And I, I, I don't, the I don't see a way out of that. This is probably like, like think back to Microsoft and Windows and the browser. When in the early days, Microsoft did try some shady stuff to basically say Internet Explorer is the only thing you need. Like don't, no, nothing else can be used. You don't need to install anything. And, and this is kind of like that, except payments are involved. Money is involved. There are ways to squash the competitor and make it financially impossible for them to even exist. 
Because imagine mm -hmm. if, if every time you want to use Google Chrome or Firefox or something, you have to actually pay Microsoft. Like if, if Google had some sort of business model with Chrome, such that anytime somebody even tried to use it, they actually have to pay Microsoft and right. Internet Explorer keeps winning, right? But I think what you, all, all you're really asking for here is is the opportunity to handle the payments on your own, right? Like you, or, or a fair enough deal from them that they process it, but it's on par with other media deals that they've got already established. Right? All we're asking for is very specific when it comes to movies alone. like. Eventually, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Like, we're gonna we're gonna get into gaming and productivity. We'll have subscription services for like offices and and other different categories. And for those things, we're more than happy to give thirty percent or some transaction fee to the. Pack. But I, I think it's very obvious that Facebook doesn't care about that thirty percent. You know, they, 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 the only reason they're doing this is in order to keep you down. I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think they're an extremely competitive company. They're probably one of the most ruthless and, and best competitors in the world in terms of just succeeding. They're dominating because they're smart people. Um, at the same time, 30% is important to them because they want to own the app store of VR. And, and you, you look at the Quest, the, the Quest is $299 not because the hardware is so cheap to make. The Quest is $299 because Facebook is wrapping every single Quest in a $100 bill. You just don't see it, but, but it is subsidized, which is also why you don't see any hardware companies bringing anything like the Quest to the market, because nobody else can afford to do that, right? Like, think about it. If, if Facebook sells 5 million Quests, and each one of them is subsidized by $100, making $100 cheaper, yeah. What kind of company in the world has, what is that, $500 million to just be like, eh, half a billion, let's, let's make everything cheaper for everybody. Facebook's got to make that back up with software sales, right? Like, so crush the market, own everybody, scare off all the competitors in the ecosystem so you have the dominant VR platform and make it more affordable for the consumer. The legality of that is questionable uh, in terms of subsidizing it, but but at least from, from a consumer standpoint, this means that it's affordable for us, right? We get a $300 headset, which is great. Facebook now needs to make that back up with 30%, which is why I think it's really important to them. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I didn't mean that uh, that the 30% in general is not important, but what I'm, what I'm meaning is they don't really care about, you know, making that 30% of that movie ticket that is sold specifically, but they're doing that in order to make sure that, you know, when they come with their own platform, which they will, or, or they're already doing, that they can make it cheaper than yours. And they, they, they'll just say, oh, there is competition. We can just offer it cheaper and then it's over. There's a big question in my mind with, with what is Facebook trying to achieve here? And uh, over and over, I'm coming to realize, like, I don't think Facebook's actually building a developer platform here. Like, go and talk to any any of the non-gaming VR developers or any of the developers that Facebook hasn't been funding. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people are happy, and and you got to wonder why. Like, and and we're just getting that kind of pushed aside and kind of yeah. yelled at, and and it's not a great ecosystem because I don't think Facebook needs developers for the Quest. Because they're just going to buy up all the studios and make some of the best content in the world, like Beat Saber and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And if you can make the best content in the world, the best games, some really good software experiences, mm -hmm. and they're all available out of the box, why do you even need developers on your platform? Like, if developers were important, you would think, as someone who's been in VR for six years, and I see Guy in the chat, he's been in VR for, what, six, seven, maybe eight years, right? There's plenty mm -hmm. of people in chat right now who are VR developers who have been developing software full-time for so much of our lives for the Oculus platform. 
Not a single person from Oculus has ever even said thank you. Like, thank you for being there from the start. Thank you for being one of the developers that has been busting your asses and pouring your like life into this. We wouldn't be here without you. If anything, it's the exact opposite that I hear, which is like, you know, they wouldn't use the words be grateful, but it's basically like, look, you, this wouldn't exist if we didn't pour billions of dollars in. So and what you're and what you're saying there, like a little bit of respect towards what you made is nice, too. It's a great motivation. And if, if that is, isn't there, that's something you're missing, too, because you said like you created big screen in 2016 or it went live. And that was when the consumer launch happened of VR headsets. So you you are one of the people who created the baseline for the VR industry for let's say uh, you know movie experiences, and uh, if you're then years later um, they see the potential of big screen and they support it in in some way, but I like that's what I felt with Key Two and also other apps. Uh, same with Rec Room. It's like they let you uh, create it for them. They learn from it and then they're ready to make their own thing. Um, and, 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 and that's something that is super dangerous, but also smart from their side to be doing that. So you're basically doing the work for them and they, they turn and twist it in a way that they can in the end get away with it and kind of steal your idea. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of painful. It's, and, and kind of depressing if you think about it, like we've poured our lives into creating this stuff and the platform doesn't actually care. And, and, and the consumer and, and the consumer also doesn't necessarily care. Uh, so like yeah. none of this is obvious because at the end of the day, consumers want the best possible experience and the underlying issues, like many people think that Facebook makes what we make even right. Like they don't know who makes the software necessarily on this device or that developers are even a concept or why that matters. At the end of the day, the best experience is all they really care about, which which is fair. I get that. I just want a platform that enables that to happen, right? That the best software yeah. does win, that consumers are given lots of choice and lots of competition. Yeah. That's not there. And I, I think we should, maybe we should round it up a, a little bit by by sort of asking, like, how, how can this be resolved? You, you're sort of like almost halfway through answering the question, I think, of like how to resolve this moving forward. Um, you know, whether it's a case of they, they, they give you the same sort of deal that they've offered to Fandango in terms of like movie content, or you just completely, they allow you to switch your payment method to a completely off Oculus store system, which then they don't manage, which then, you know, they don't necessarily demand to take that 30%. Then what's the kind of like ideal solution you see in your mind going forward to resolve it? Because there's got to be some sort of resolution, right? Yeah, we, we have like one simple ask. It's just treat us fairly the exact same way that you treat any other media company for just the media products that we sell. That That's it. Like, uh, I don't need a thank you. I don't need an apology, nothing like that. But maybe also like, don't yell at me, right? Like maybe also like occasionally be nice to the developers. Uh, maybe I'm asking for too much there, but but you know, honestly- Just it's, make it oh, fair. We'll thank so, you. Thank so, just make, uh, make it fair. Yeah, of course so, we appreciate you all. Of course we do. No, no I, I, I have one. I have one more question. Do you think that big screen will still be on the Facebook platform in in five years? I I mean I would actually hope so in, in the sense that I want an, I old, so a really healthy ecosystem, right? Like I want uh, ten different companies with all their different headsets with different capabilities, like a really high end right. gaming one, a really like uh, affordable one, and the whole spectrum. And I want big screen to be on all of them, right? Because if you get a headset. Regardless of what it is, you chose to buy that headset as a consumer. You should be able to hang out with anybody on any other headset. And we want to be one of the platforms that offers that social capability.
I think let as well, like, quick question. sorry, go on, go on, Rowdy. Yeah, let me ask you a quick question. Like, is there, or, or does that break the terms of service as well? Is there a way if an incredibly smart person makes kind of like an overlay on, on the current OS platform? Like, for example, like when you, when you buy a laptop, you can, you can, Put a put a software on there. You you, you could probably op, put an operating system on there, like for example Linux or Mac OS or or being Windows. If you would, if someone really smart and really intelligent would make an a, a competitive platform for Oculus, would that break the terms of services if they would put that on the Oculus Quest? On the Quest, I believe it would. Um, I believe that's basically like rooting a device to run anything you want on it. And that would absolutely break the terms of service, like we get kicked off, like et cetera, et cetera. That's not a great direction to go in, um, unfortunately, because the platforms we work with today are so different from the platforms from the, the early 2000s, where you could, as a consumer, decide to put whatever software you want on there. These devices are all completely locked down, so there's no there's no alternative. And SideQuest is really the only half alternative we have today. And, and Facebook has pointed out that they're coming out with their own store, like kind of an experimental store that you can submit stuff to, but it has limits. Like you can't charge stuff, or, or like you can't have too many users on it. So you can never build like a big business there, uh, and you still have to conform to their store policies and all of that. I think to a certain degree, you know, like big screen is fortunate in that it's just not about just movies. Um, you know, like if you, you know, like worst case scenario, if this just isn't a viable business option anymore, like, you know, you have other avenues you can go down. You've got this amazing show social experience still. You can still watch user made content or content from maybe like YouTube or whatever. And that's still a really compelling use case and gaming together as well. Stream from a PC again, really compelling use case. So, you know, I think regardless of, you know, if it doesn't work out, which God forbid it, it does, um, you know, at least you've still got options, I think, as, a, as, a, as an application, uh, you know, especially with like the um, productivity stuff that you're talking about as well. I just think that they would be missing out on a big opportunity to cut that opportunity off of getting these movie studios involved through the app. I think that would be a real shame. It's like what Rowdy said, it's not really about 30% because it's such small numbers mm -hmm. today. It's more about ensuring that one day when VR does get really big, that we were able to build a business along the way, so. And I understand they want to be the best and I understand, you know, they've invested so much money and time and research and development and people don't necessarily understand that. And again, like you say, subsidizing hardware, you know, VR wouldn't be in the place that it is now without them. But I still think they should be looking after developers, number one, because developers, you know, you can have the best hardware in the world, but it's just essentially a brick without the best games or developers supporting it. And I think that's really what they should understand the value in their platform is right now. It's the content. You know, people don't buy a Quest because of hardware. They buy it because of the content. And right now it's not first party content that is the appealing stuff for them to buy a headset. It's, it's applications like big screen, virtual desktop and these indie sort of studios that have been scrappy from the beginning and now work their way up to create something really magical and that's you know offers value to consumers so i think it's a real shame that you to see you guys especially you know geek ogden as well from virtual desktop being pushed around a little bit and hopefully by talking about it at least we can raise some awareness about it and maybe get people thinking like if this is this the way forward um well I think at least we in the vr at industry point. at least in the vr industry but mm. uh as i said before like consumers don't give a f you know uh it's no, shame, but I, but I just think it's it's important to create that awareness that you know these kind of like business practices are are being being performed, which is like like I, like I said already multiple times. I, I really question the legality of this kind of this kind of stuff. If you 
like creating competition in a market, healthy competition should always be there. And uh, I don't have the feeling that this is really happening. I don't think that any company, even if they own the platform, even if they own, own the hardware, are entitled to completely rule out any of the other developers. And that's, that's, just, that's just not right. That's not how this works. And that's not how VR will succeed. Like pick to either build a developer platform or build just a pure network where it's just your content. Like if you were to build a device where the only thing available on the device was your own content on it, you know what, it's your headset. You're the one that made it. Like if you want only your thing on there, great. But then don't also have developers. Like don't, don't allow even a single developer on your platform and set the kind of stage of saying, we have a developer platform, anyone can make stuff for it. You kind of got to pick one or the other because if you have that developer platform you kind of got to treat them with respect and allow competition and not directly compete with all of them and set up finances that just don't make sense and like force people to remove features so that you can have those features and well it, it, this all sounds to me like let's let's just hope that the awareness of like talking about this and also uh how facebook treats developers in in this case uh will drive competition from other uh ends uh, because that, that, that's what I see as the only solution where other parties jump in too. That's how Epic came around. They said like, listen, if you want to make a game and you want to put it on our store, we're going to lower the percentage of how much you need to pay. And that's how Epic Games is now making success too. So hopefully... But it, it, it requires the hardware, and I think that's the the, the, yeah, the stumbling block, you know. know. But you know, we've always said that you know competition is healthy in in the VR market space. You know, they do new competition absolutely, but I think it there's well, especially the competition especially, is so far behind though. That's, that's the true. problem. Especially after next week, uh, let's hope, let's pray to God, we're gonna get some competition. But you know, like we said, and Dashen says as well, you know, the, the Quest Two is at a fantastic headset, fantastic price, and is great for consumers but maybe not so great for developers that have been there from the beginning supporting these platforms. But, yeah. you know, I think, you know, this is all we can do right now is talk about it and raise awareness. And I think that's why it's important to have devs on, like Darshan, to tell their story so that they can raise that awareness, I think, let other people know what's going on. But certainly, you know, it'll be interesting to see if it's games also that suffer similar problems, um, where, or it's just media uh, yeah. consumption apps like virtual desktop yeah, and games, you don't, seem to suffer. You don't hear these stories about games uh, just yet, no. right? But that's because no. I think the gaming scene is not so big uh, in, in that sense. And there are also more out there. But uh, Definitely yeah, seems to knows? be productivity apps and these yeah, like yeah. kind of side apps that, that but as do Darshan other things. Said, they're more that focused to be on in the social, targets, yeah. right? And, and yeah. games are not necessarily social. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Like if but, I can paint a picture of where this might be in like 20, 30 years. Sure. Like, sure. Look at the Quest. It has four cameras on the front. These are, are, today, they're just mono cameras. They don't see in color, but you can imagine like the Quest 3 or the Quest 4, those will be in color. So you'll be able to see the full world around you. What that also means is that the software running on these headsets will be able to see everything that's going on in your world. So as this gets smaller and smaller and smaller, as it gets to the point where you're gonna wear this almost the entire day, and you're gonna walk around your entire house with it, the software on these devices will be able to analyze everything about your living space. How big is your living space? What objects do you have? Do you have a cat? Uh, what, what furniture do you have? What things do you like to buy? What food do you normally eat? What products, like what brands do you prefer to have? Oh, you don't have a couch? Maybe you need a couch. What's your body looking like? Because these cameras point downwards too, so they're gonna see a lot of stuff. Uh, or not a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, but, uh, they're going to see a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> they're going to know a lot. And, and the software on these devices then can, can do 
a lot more targeting and, and understanding of who you really are beyond any device that we have ever had in our lives, right? A phone does not know any of this. Uh, when you go to facebook.com and you post something on your wall, like, like it doesn't know anything about your, your beer belly or anything, right? I, I, I disagree with that, but I think that's a, that's a different discussion. I think that's, you know, like we, we've said that already a couple of times that with, with metadata, you know, the, the amount of information they can collect already now from just mere posting or IP addresses or location is, is enormous. And I think people really underestimate that. But I agree that with, you know, with, with these kind of social VR platforms, that information will only get more accurate, uh, more extensive and just more, just more in general. And that is that is a very scary thought. So I'm general. not even thinking about this from a social VR standpoint as much as the operating system that runs on these devices, the firmware, yeah, like big deep down such that even if this device gets used for just gaming or something like that, it's still gonna have all of these capabilities built in. So you can imagine what that gets used like in the future for any advertising company or social media company, like what can they do? For insurance companies. That's the scary thing. I guess in my mind, like Facebook's not in this in VR just because they want to build, you know, the next Nintendo Switch or something. Like there's a much, much bigger battle being fought here. And it's worth spending a hundred million, hundred billion dollars to win this battle at, at any cost. Because if you succeed here, I mean, this could be the, the most valuable company in the world because they would know mm. everything about our lives. So, so no, so no Zucker card. <laughs> The credit card of the future. Zucker, Zucker card. card. So Mar Mario card, but then Zucker, oh, Zucker card. Zucker. I thought it was like the worst name ever. I thought it was like a, a credit card. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but anyway. yeah, no, I, I think you know it's it's great to have you on the show, Darshan. You know, we've we've been in regular contact over the years. You know, it's been great to see how big screen has evolved. It's 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 heartbreaking to see these stumbling blocks, but I really hope that know somehow you overcome it i'm sure you will um uh, i look forward will. to seeing the future of big screen and it's been a pleasure talking to you um but i think what we should do now is pass over to rowdy uh talk about some releases some games because we've got so many games coming out next week obviously with the launch of the headset as well everyone's launching on launch day pretty much so um take it away rowdy what we've we got to look forward yeah. to uh, uh i'll breeze through it since we're sure. already yeah. like um quite, a, quite a bit on uh, I, I picked out a few of the titles that uh, yeah. that uh, indeed are going to be but i'm going to start one of the titles that uh, is not launching on the on on, on the quest at least uh, you know on the um, on October thirteenth, uh, so this one is a is a is a PC VR one. Uh, it's uh, I know that Zim would have loved to talk about this one, and it's something that he's probably played already multiple times because it's been on the Steam store, but it's now coming out of early access, and that is uh, Panoptic. It's coming out on October eighteenth, and it's currently forty percent off, so that brings it to ten dollars nineteen. Uh, this is a tense one v one asymmetrical VR desktop game that uh, pits a colossal overseer. Uh, armed with a slow but devastating eye laser against a tiny dissident, being intent on destroying the overseer's energy orbs by mimicking the movement of others to remain undetected. Which I think is, uh, we've all played these asymmetrical games before. There's mm -hmm. quite a few of them. I, we tried the Monoculus Connect as well. It's a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, it's uh, yeah the quest onslaught that is beginning. Uh, it's Beat Saber multiplayer, uh, October thirteenth. $29.99, uh, that's what you get Beat Saber for. Uh, so players will now be able to battle up to five friends or random opponents. Uh, unfortunately, Beat Saber multiplayer does not support cross-platform at launch, though the company does hope to eventually introduce cross-play between the Rift, Rift S and the Quest or the Quest 2. 
I think this uh, is yeah. uh, this is the first uh, uh, update we're seeing that comes from Facebook uh, and not from beat games themselves. Yeah. I think because it's again it's social, so mm. uh, yeah. but really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah, this one for I, sure. I have to say as well, like all of the prices uh, for the Quest 2, they, they're quite on the on the higher end, I would say. Like comparing it to like a, a little while ago, like you can see that there's a little bit of a change in like uh, the pricing, I think. Because yeah, this one is still $29.99. But Rowdy, is, man. You know, Rowdy, man, it's $2.99, man. $2.99. Yeah, they, need, they need to give 30%, I guess, uh, from that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, next up is uh, Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners has come into the Oculus Quest also again October 13th for $39.99. Oh. Uh, the Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, we've all played it before on the on the Rift and I, I know that Mike and uh, I think Nate as well have played it on the Quest 2 already. Uh, it's a brilliant game. I think it's yeah. one of the one of the best VR games out there just in general and the way that they brought it to the Oculus Quest is just amazing. Um, for those who don't know what it is, it's a uh, it takes place in a walker-infested New Orleans where you must fight your way through the streets and negotiate with uh, warring factions. You also have the Meat Grinder update which challenges you to battle relentless waves of walkers and it will be uh, available on the Oculus Quest the coming week. Yeah, that game is so great. You know, they, they, they did a great job, Skydance Interactive, making this game yeah. uh, playable on Quest. And, uh, you know, from what we've played so far, I don't even think it was optimized for, for Quest 2 at that point. No. But it works and plays really well. So I think everyone's going to really love this one. Yeah. Then the next one, uh, if you're into waifus flying on around on broomsticks, then uh, this is probably <laughs> game of the year for you. Uh, <laughs> You can take to the skies on a magical broom in this VR broom racing game based on the Little Witch Academia anime. Is, is anyone familiar with this, uh, with yes. this series? Yes, oh, of course. I, I knew it. I knew it was going to yeah, be. No, no, no. I, I played this game and I was like, I need to watch this show. And uh, I did um, for research okay. purposes. Right. Uh, it's available for... Uh, Twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, I find wow. it a little bit again on the on the high end because to me, I mean, if you look at the gameplay, it looks a little bit bland to me. But fans of the series like Nate <laughs> might want to murder me right now for saying yeah, that. Probably. Yeah, no, I hate you now. Um, also, for Mike, if you squint your eyes maybe a little bit and uh, with a little bit of imagination, you might think that you're in a Harry Potter game. So maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Broomsticks, Harry Potter, bam. Yeah. yeah. They also have something else added there, which is, uh, they mentioned, um, experience the original episode of Little Witch Academia through something that is called VR storytelling. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> that's that's um, in there? Yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> then next up, Res Infinite, coming to the Oculus Quest, October 13th. <laughs> I didn't find a price for it at, at launch date at least, but I do know that the PC version of this is $24.99. So I'm guessing that it will probably be in that similar uh, range. So if you're into ethereal beings flying around, but you despise broomsticks, then you're in luck too. Um, you experience 360 degrees of mind-blowing synesthesia as you blast your way through waves of enemies and massive transforming bosses. With your every move triggering colors and sounds that sync and blend to the beats of the legendary techno soundtrack of Rez. Wow, this 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 so far, all the games that you mentioned, it, it sounds like you went to Amsterdam, Amsterdam and something went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> they're all a bit trippy for sure. Don't, don't yeah. wait till you hear the last one I have up for you because this this one, Nathie, this is oh you already played it before. I know that, but what is uh, oh, here we go. I know. What's, if if what there's one, one game that you'll want to see Nathie play, considering <laughs> seeing his legendary dance moves last week, it's uh, it's got to be Space Channel Five. 
It's pretty. I think you played it on the PSVR. I played before, it on the PSVR, right? and on I also got. I, I also should say that I got paid to just dance mm. on video. <laughs> <laughs> but I did great. enjoy it. It's a great game. It's a yeah. great we game. Also paid although him, we also paid him last week to do the chair chair dance as yeah, well. We did. You know, you got to pay for these dance moves. Oh, I need to check. <laughs> um, just one warning about this one. Even though it looks funny, and we're laughing about it, it's like so short that the moment yeah. you hit play, you already played it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, again, I, I looked up the price for this one as well. Uh, I didn't find it, but uh, I do know that the PlayStation VR version is available for twenty four ninety nine. Uh, and like Nate said, it's a it's a dancing game in which you move to the beat to take down evil forces. So uh, can I say one thing? Like the reason why you see all this Japanese stuff is because uh, uh, Facebook is also more focused on the Japanese market. So yep. if you're just like, what the heck is going on? This is like mainly for the Japanese uh, gamers. Yep. First time the quest is going to be sold in Japan. So it's going to be really wow. interesting. Wow. Yeah. 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 Very cool right. indeed. Um, but how long do you reckon Space Channel 5 is roughly, Nathy, in terms of campaign? I don't even remember. I think it was like 15 minutes or 20 minutes or so. I don't know. Oh, like, wow. I need Less to... than an hour. Less than an hour anyway. I, I don't know. Like buy a movie ticket. Wait, 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 wait. I, don't, I don't know anymore. Just like the only thing that I can think of is like you don't want to pay more than 10 bucks for it. But Fair enough. Wow. Look up the play uh, time because I don't wow. know if 20 minutes was it. But I was like dancing like a star. You know, I was really good at it. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> Go and check that video out if you want to see his moves. Um, yeah, so that is the show this week. We ran on a little bit later than usual, but you know, I think it was super interesting. It was worthwhile. As usual, uh, you know, this is like standard. This is standard now. Yeah, it is. Getting, we're going to get. We're going to be getting three-hour-long shows before you know it. Uh, <laughs> oh, but God. yeah, thank you again to Darshan for joining us. I think it's super insightful to have developers on and, and let us know what's going on behind behind the scenes. And I think it's yes. really important to have these these discussions oh, as and well. And buy movie tickets through the website. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been it's been fun to chat and just kind of chat with all of you because yeah. we can't do this like we used to do this in person in oculus connect and wait wait person oh you yeah, mean something with planes that were flying to america and stuff yeah yeah oh, you know like in a tube yeah. would, would show up and grabbing oh, wow. pizza together you know we did that in san san, san francisco last, san Fran- last what year is, what, yeah. is, what, what is a san francisco I think it's a different place. kind of VR app. It's like uh, a little smellier, and it's going to be bought out by by the, Facebook. The pizza is nicer though. <laughs> the pizza is nicer in real life than it is in VR. Um, but just a reminder: this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, the show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. Also, check out the audio version. Uh, it's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Raddy does a great job making sure that sounds beautiful for your ears. So go check that out. Hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. We uh, surpassed 5,000 subscribers last yes. week. So thank you very much again. The play Nicholas button is coming balls. soon. So <laughs> we can button. claim our play button. Subscribe play button. Yeah. yeah. Um, enjoy your Quest 2s if they're arriving next week. Have a great time with them. And we look forward to hearing all your thoughts about it on next week's show. So let us know in the yeah. chat if you enjoy it or not. And uh, Zim will be back with us as well next week. So until then, have a great week in VR and bye-bye for now. Take care. See you later.